Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Hello and welcome back to the Wee Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment of the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout the entirety of the 80s is Katie Watson. Rob. <laughs> Picked you first because you're having a little sippy. You're and a jerk. Shannon Trying to drink my smoothie like a responsible <laughs> adult. Oh man. Hi, y'all. How's no it going? No smoothie for you, Shannon. Just hard whiskey. Yep. Always. That's how I get through um, these podcasts. Well, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. We are dealing with Phenomena from 1985. It gets a 6.8 out of 10 on the old IMDb. Wow. Very, very favorable rating. Yeah. For a film so old. But hey, if you're new to us, hello. Hi. Hi. When you head on out on the Weird Geeks on your apps and all of that shit and find us and rate us and subscribe to us and it helps us out. If you want to actually tell people about us. Oh, yeah, do that. That's just, that's lovely. That'd be nice. Yeah. That's yeah, appreciated. If you want to dress up as a man in a penis costume and just walk around with a sign telling people to go and look at Weird Geeks. I think that sounds great. Then please don't, because that's just not the association that we want with our podcast. No, I think we should totally be associated with dicks and costumes. Okay. <laughs> Callbacks to last week, by the way. I'm yep. not just not just really into dick <laughs> costumes right now. <laughs> January, Alice, it's Alice cold. filming this podcast in a dick costume. Just in case. Oh, oh, my God. Fuck. New birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm getting you for your birthday just a penis costume excellent it's a shame i won't be having a birthday this year <laughs> um what's happening yes do subscribe do read us it helps out a whole bunch we do all this for free yeah we're not gonna do any patrons we don't do any banner ads by the love of jennifer Connolly dipping in and out of dubbed italian we're not gonna try and sell you any insect terrariums Ooh. Ooh. I mean, now I'm just really, I'm just, I'm into that. I like terrariums. Insects, not so much. Yep. Well, yep. this film all about insects, so. Oh my it God, it is. <laughs> There's a lot of bugs a lot in this of bugs. So <laughs> many <laughs> bugs. We will we try to sell you bug spray, but not terrariums. To the amount of times watching this film, I just go, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's, well, yeah, there are some shots, which Ugh. I was, well, this is a weird one for you, Shannon, because again, like, if people are new, Shannon, don't like them horror films, don't like them spookies. Nope. Nope. And we're doing slasher movies, and we have some very particular criteria here that I think we described on the first episode or whatever, of what I consider a slasher movie. This one's one that I know there's always arguments online. Some people, just like Giallo films, right? Dario Gento, he is one of the former creators of the Italian horror movement, particularly with Giallo, which just means yellow. It was the color of the jackets. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. on our Stage Fright podcast. You know all this stuff, Shannon. Yeah, I'm um, a pro. Important thing to say. So yeah, they were just crime novels, basically. Crime novels about normally masked men going after women, but they weren't done how we would then do slasher films. These films then basically got taken by America and reinterpreted. Now again, you can claim Psycho was one of the first slasher movies. You can claim Peeping Tom. Like There are a lot of predecessors, obviously. But the Italian Giallo movement really did 
formulate some of the tropes that an America would take and you know do the American thing with it. <laughs> make yeah. it sexier. Make America. it trashier. Fuck yeah. Take away any of the art. Exactly. And they definitely became less about police procedurals and they became more about yeah, young girls running around. Get the people what they want. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, well, it depends who the people are. But 1985, <laughs> we're well into the American slasher craze, and we'll get into the history of this in a second. But I do want to say right up front, there are a lot of very, very passionate Giallo fans out there who are so passionate, they're probably screaming right now because I'm pronouncing it wrong. And they really care about this stuff. There's a lot of info on it. It's a whole movement. It's one of the most important movements in horror cinema and cinema as a whole, really. And I am not one of those people. I have struggled with those movies. I have struggled with Argento's movies. I can appreciate a bunch of them artistically from a visual perspective, for sure. And there are ones I like. I appreciate Suspiria enough on an art level that I enjoy the film, even though I don't know if I enjoy the film, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, And some Mm. of his others as well. But I'm not that guy. So please forgive me. We're not going to be exhaustive with all of the stuff. This is the episode of our show. Sorry, of this series that I'm most worried about because people really know this stuff and they really care about it and if we misrepresent any of it i apologize well let me just say right now i know none of it yeah i took this at face value so sorry so you know all you purists out there to refer us to like text or articles or interviews or something that you think could better educate i love to like do the research but give me direction so if you want to do that well, we're going to plug no, at the end, but there is so I know, but I mean like ones on that to certain people are the most important. So, I will know. say right now, don't at my dearest don't Watson, do that to give me. Give it to us. Don't <laughs> I don't want any of your information. I, I loved uh, it. So, yeah, nope. give it to me. I want to watch nope. it. I nope. It. I'd like to keep my head as clear as possible. <laughs> Devoid of information. <laughs> I mean, just on this movie Bring alone, oh my God. with the new Arrow Blu-ray, there's a two-hour documentary that's longer than the movie. Holy Damn. smokes. And it doesn't even get into the stuff that I was more interested to do with, which is its post and its distribution system. Because this movie, there's a lot of versions of it, and they, don't, they barely talk about that. Yeah. There's so much about this movie and so much about nearly all of Dario movies that are out there. Entire books written just about a, you know, a few of his films. But yeah, we'll get a bit more into that in a second. But no, I just want to set it up front. This is not going to be the exhaustive stuff that many people might want it to be. This is going to be our opinions and some of the facts that we, mm-hmm. that we have. To get but used to it. Got, 1995, guy. We're here to disappoint. 1995. <laughs> it was a year. It was a year. Uh-huh. What kind of year was it? Shannon, what kind of movies hit the top 10 box office stuffy things? I mean, listen, there's a few notables outside the top 10. I won't give away any that uh, Katie has outside the top 10. But I think notably at 23, we got St. Elmo's Fire. And yes! at 21, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. And at 16, The Fucking A Breakfast Club. Booyah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Steve Martin classic, Fletch. Love it. Nice. Love it. Coming in at 15. But I love the 80s. Just, and just outside the top 10, just outside at number 11, The Goonies. Yes. Which wow, That got to number 11. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, a I film kind that of James big, inexplicably hates for some reason. What? I know. Huh. He hates The Goonies. Does he actually hate it or does he just hate it because it's kind of cool to hate yeah. it? Yeah. No, he actually like hates big. it. What does he, he hate, hate about it? James, what do you hate about The Goonies? He, it all is he's not saying is it's just a bad movie. Incorrect. You know what else is a bad movie, James? Your life. Wow. You yeah, his life is a goonies. bad movie. <laughs> Actually, no, it's a great movie because I'm in it. 
I knew you were going to say that. That's right. Waiting. Oh, he's so good at the sweet talk. And he just said, you're not only in it, you're the star. Oh, he knows me so well. Yeah, he wants to get and laid again so at some point. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But anyway, Goody's at number 11. Coming in, starting the top 10, Witness. Can I get a witness? I don't know that that's what that movie's about. I don't know no, what that movie's about at all. that's what I'm going to say. It's Witness. Witness. You don't know Witness? Great. I, no. do, I don't know Witness. No, I thought you just keep saying Witness. I know. Witness? No, What's Witness? Don't know. I don't know Witness. It's Harrison Ford. Oh, I could have guessed that. Here's a synopsis on IMDb. Great. I forgot this bit. When a young Amish boy is sole witness to a murder, policeman John Book goes into hiding in Amish County to protect oh, him until the trial. Never uh, mind. I do know Witness. Yeah. I have seen Witness. I didn't know that that's what it was called. I remember watching that on like television back in the day. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those like Saturday night movies? Yes. Those were so great. They were so great. They were so great. Uh, let's see. And then at number nine... The Jewel of the Nile. Oh. No, we just talked about last week. They yep. had uh, the, uh, fuck, what was it called? Romance in the Stone. Yeah. Right. This is the sequel, Jewel of the Nile. The Jewel of the Nile. Then at number eight, Cocoon. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Cocoon. Old people and aliens. Right. <laughs> number seven, a very different movie, The Color Purple. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, yeah. I mean, that We're is getting a great movie. Oprah Real. in a long time. Number six, okay. another movie. I have no idea what it is. The Dream is Alive. Never. Sounds like a movie. baseball movie. I know. That's what I think. I f- is it like a Field of Dreams follow? I don't, but Field of Dreams is after 85, right? I have no idea. It is alive or it was alive? Is uh, it, alive. it is. The Dream is Alive is the name of it. I can't even fucking find. Uh, this well, is short from 1985. I was going to say it was number six uh, from the Worldwide Box. That's crazy. That is crazy the dream is alive oh wait i found it hold on the traveling on the space shuttle covers training launch flight wait what oh it's a short it was a documentary short oh from 1985 so it was that short that's weird narrated okay. by walter cronkite so a short film going to the box office well because i guess it's all about the space shuttle in 1985 Oh, and the deployment of the Challenger. Oh, yeah. so I bet it, that's what it is. It's all mm. about that tragic event and people suck. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Please hard do. turn, hard turn. Number four. Oh, wait, where am I? Number five. five. <laughs> a View to a Kill, which I also have no idea what the fuck that is. James Bond. Oh, great. That's why. I don't give a shit about James Bond. Let's be real. No. I don't. I could care less. I, could, <laughs> I know James has given me a scowl. I could care less. Great. No, no, I don't care about James Bond, but I know what they're fucking called. Yeah. Right. yeah, I know some of them. Number four, I know this one, Out of Africa. Nice. Oh, yeah, lots of serious movies. I know this these year. are. They're serious. very serious films. And then number three, Rocky Four. <laughs> this is where they just became. They were just in farcical from episode three. Correct. I I don't. I've never seen this one, but I bet he boxes. <laughs> no. Number two, I feel like this is high on James's list of uh, the world's greatest films. Rambo, First Blood, nice. Part Two. Oh my god! Hang on, it's called First Blood Part Two. It is. I didn't realize that. And it's Second Blood. I know. Nope. First Blood Part Two. We haven't moved on to Second Blood. It's still the First Blood. There's just He's a little still bit bleeding more of it from the First Blood. So he had in in the top four films, he had two of them as sequels to his. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. It is and amazing. The world over like, loved loved him. Yeah. 
And Again, how many great. times? The first films in both of those series, fantastic. But but number one for 1985, a very fitting number one, Back to the Future. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yep. I fucking love the music so much. I know it's so, everything about uh, Back to the Future is so right. fucking good. So good. Pretty damn That's good, it. especially when he keeps trying to make out with his mother. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Thank you, Shannon. That was illuminating as always. You're so, hey, you're so welcome. What's spookies? What's phenomena up? Why did I pick this movie above any other slasher that came out in 1985? Probably because we've covered most of these other ones already. There you go. So we've got starting off strong with Day of the Dead. Covered it. Covered it. Not a slasher. Second is Demons, which I don't know is a franchise. Is it? There are two of them. Two. Yeah, so not uh, enough yeah. for us to cover. It's an Italian horror, which actually friends with Dario Argento. Also has a goblin Demons. sound. Demons. <laughs> That's, that's oh, how you say it. In, that's how you say it in Italian. Followed by Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning. Covered Ooh. it. Followed by Fright Night. Not covered it. Not covered well, it. We might get these one day. There are three maybe. of them. Maybe four. Four. Maybe no. There's four of them. There are two originals and two remakes. Okay, so potential could cover. Yeah, that's they're, they're fun enough. Following on the tread of Shannon's Goonies, we have Ghoulies. Oh, <laughs> come out of your toilet, guys. Yep. Not good. Followed by The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Terrible series. Don't watch it. It's very, very scary. I don't like these. <laughs> yeah. I don't like these. What was craving was that? Ugh, I don't like them. Howling Part 2. Lots of twos in these. Coming mm. in. Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, spoilers. I, like I love it. We'll get to the howling one day, maybe. We'll see. Who knows? Then we have Life Force. Cool. Life Force is a Toby Hooper film. Uh, director Toby of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it stars from an the, alien from, woman from. walking around who's just completely naked for the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like under the skin or species? Yeah. Oh, no. It, it very much. There were a lot of jokes when under the skin came out that it's uh, very similar. Hmm. But let's not RT <laughs> like that. Then we have Reanimator. Which I haven't seen any of these. No, Should I watch I'm not these? a big... I, yeah, pe- no, you haven't. People really love Reanimator. I'm not a fan of it because I don't like surgical horror at all. But uh, we'll probably watch them someday because we've never watched them. I don't know if we'll cover it, though. Mm. Then we have Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. <gasps> Covered it, but I think that episode is actually missing. We've got like two Nightmare episodes that for some reason in our transition to iTunes got missing and then we couldn't find the original files anymore. But then we do also keep talking about, we did Nightmare just with two of us, me and Alex, mm-hmm. which is not how we do things. And we did Friday as our first one, not in the way we do things. So we keep talking about we're actually going to go back and redo both of those properly because... They're too important to not have it done at the incredible level of quality that we record things at now. <laughs> that we've now reached in our yeah. podcast. Which had to start with me doing this podcast of saying, by the way, we don't know what we're talking about this episode, so forgive us. Yeah. Nice. Then we've got Silver Bullet, which I'm not familiar with this one. It's a werewolf movie. It's based on Oh, Stephen that Canada. makes sense. That makes sense. And then last but not least, Return of the Living Dead. We will get to those one day as well. They're kind of this other branching of where the two creators of Night of the Living Dead went. Girl George Romero went his way, and the other guy's name I forget right now went another way. Shannon, can you stop flirting with people off camera? <laughs> Sorry, can't help it. I also Does he have a big penis costume on right now? Is that what's... No, he doesn't. He He's like, yeah. going to make me a sandwich. Oh, can you make me a sandwich? I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> Is it a penis Ooh. sandwich? I mean, potentially. <laughs> Just cross. Listen, the listeners should know that like 
at least five times throughout the course of these podcasts, James will just come over, show me his penis, and then go back to what he was doing. <laughs> so, so just so we all know, this is what's happening. Sorry, Mom. Excellent. Which wouldn't be awkward, but we're all in the same room. So, yeah. Yeah, We've all seen James's penis now. You're Multiple welcome. Um, keeps you awake. Keeps you awake. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. I can turn all of these around, guys. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're literally following the road. <laughs> oh, what's going on? This movie, 1985. Yeah, so there you go. We've basically reviewed all the slashes that came out. Obviously, there are some other slashes, but this is a big one. It is directed by Dario Argento, who, of course, started his career with The Bird with the crystal plumage. He did Deep Red, which was really where the slasher films started to get some of their tropes from. He did Inferno, Tenebrae, Suspiria. And he had done all of those before this movie, so he was really at the height height of his power in italy starting to get acclaimed like worldwide japan were really into him america were getting into him he went on unfortunately uh, to do phantom of the o- well not unfortunately but he did the phantom of the opera mother of tears dracula 3d he did a film actually just called giallo he's definitely fell out of favor for most people but in this period of time through the 70s to mid to late 80s he was a huge deal and he still is one of the most important names in horror Written by Dario Argento and Franco Farini, who had written Once Upon a Time in America. He had written Demons, which we just mentioned. And then he did film other films of Dario, including Trauma, Opera, and The Card Player. DP'd by Romano Albani, who did Inferno. He also did Troll, and he stopped in 2008. Music by Goblin, sort of, and Simon Boswell. But we'll get to that. The music is Starring. the best part. Yeah. Oh, if you like the music, then you will like Dario Argento. Oh, great. Starring Jennifer Connolly yeah. as Jennifer Corvino. Where is she? Okay, sorry. I didn't write down what oh, oh, yeah. Jennifer Connolly I been doing. I also wanted to Jennifer know, was this before? Or? This was just before Labyrinth. Was it? Okay. It was actually like within a year, I think. Gotcha. Uh, the same year. Because she is getting like movie star treatment in this film. She is so yeah. beautiful in every well, moment of it. Well, that's just Jennifer Connelly. That's but true. But we'll get to why she was cast in a minute. But she had done nothing, really. She had a tiny bit of TV. She had done Once Upon a Time in America. Mm-hmm. And then from that, she did this phenomena. And then the next year, she did Labyrinth, which would have mean when she shot Labyrinth. She was like 15 or whatever. Right. She was 14 in this one. Yeah. She, this. she looked exactly like um, this. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And then she went on, obviously, to do The Hotspot. She did Rocketeer, which I love. And then... Oh, yeah. yeah became- I love The Rocketeer, too. I had forgotten about that movie. He's fucking phenomenal. We yeah. watched well most of that uh, recently, Katie. Remember, mm-hmm. she is stunning in that movie. Duck City, Awaken the Dead was one of my favorites, and then she got into really serious movies with Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, she did. She was in House of Sad and Fog, which I love. She was in Hulk. Let's not forget that. Angry oh yeah, Hulk I forgot movie. about that. And the Japanese remake Dark Water, Little Children, which is fantastic. Reservation Road. So every now and then we do blockbusters like The Day the Earth Stood Still, and then more recently, yeah, she did Noah. She did American Pastoral. She was technically a voice in Homecoming. She plays Karen, his suit. Hmm. Oh, um, that's right. She's also in Alita, Battle Angel, which just came out. And she's going to be a main role in the Snowpiercer TV show that's right. happening. And I believe yes. she's playing Tom Cruise's Squeeze in Top Gun Maverick. Yep. Oh, is she? Yeah. Anyway, Jennifer Connelly, obviously. One of the most beautiful and genuinely talented yeah. um, actors. Whether she is here or not, we'll get to. But over the course of her career, phenomenally talented actor. Yes. Uh, we've also got Daria Nicolodi. As Frau Bruckner, this is someone who has worked with Dario before and was actually quite involved with the different aspects. She helped out with the casting for this film as well. Ooh. We've got Fiore Argento as Vera Brandt, who's just in that first scene. Yep, that is one of Dario Argento's daughters. 
That's what I was wondering. Um, but not Aja, uh, which is yeah. his most famous daughter. Aja Argento is his actor, his acting daughter. And of course, Donald Pleasance is Professor John McGregor from, of course, Halloween, from The Great Escape, from tons of movies. Budget estimated at about $3.8 million, $3,800,000. Pretty good. Box office can't be sure. So, okay, again, we're just going to breeze around some of the details of how this movie was made because there is a lot of information. Um, but basically, Ajada was on holiday with his mother on an island listening to the radio. They had no TV signal. And they were talking about a murder that happened in France on the radio. And the police had discovered the identity of the killer by studying the insects that were left in the room of the murder. And he oh. loved this idea so much of an insect being a detective. <laughs> Gross. So he went to talk to an entomologist. They ordered books. He talked to these people, and this entomologist explained the connections of insects with investigations and how you can tell exact times of things depending on growth patterns and you know which exact creatures are there and which larvae are there and all this fun. So then he brought in Franco Farini, told him uh, what he wanted to do. They both read yeah this book about entomology and crime investigation, and then Argenta started studying a lot and learning about insects being telepathic and all of this stuff. Um, oh. So this film's going to seem ridiculous, and don't get me wrong, it is. <laughs> but there's a lot of actual science behind this stuff, and a lot of it is stemming from real things of what police, even in the mid-80s, you know, were using to help them. Weird. I believe everything um, Donald Pleasance tells me, so I just took it all at face value. <laughs> that's true. Even with a fake Scottish accent yeah. that drifts in oh and out. Oh my god, I loved it so much! Like, you mean he's not Scottish? What are you talking about? <laughs> the film distributor, however, Lombardo, so at this point in particular, and still now, but at this point... Daro, you know, people get attached with studios. Daro was, was attached with Lombardo in, in Italy. They were pretty skeptical about this idea. I um, want to be there for that insects, pitch. <laughs> they didn't think insects belonged in a crime film. Yeah. But, Weird. Hey, like the fact we have uh, to tell you this, I don't... Right. <laughs> I just could see them being like, I don't know how we sell <laughs> bugs and crime. How many millions do you want? Right. <laughs> maggots and crime. Like, that is where you're like, telepathic okay. maggots too. Right. But this is Dario Gento. So literally, like, even though they were skeptical, even though he's pitching what we're about to talk about, they're like, sure. Because yeah. he's had so much success, you fucking give Dario Gento what he wants. Like, he is that important at this point. Salvatore. I think that's what you're saying. Maybe it's Salvatore. I apologize. But that's Dario's father. He's been a producer his whole life. He'd spent his whole life working in film industry. And he took Dario to go and get investment. Like with most of these films, even when you're successful, it's still pretty much a family business. A lot of family people doing things. And after the film Deep Red, Dario's brother Claudio had joined them in their company. He was previously head of press at Paramount. But their relationship frayed. Oh, and Claudio no. ended up not working on Phenomena. And then during making Phenomena, Dario and his father actually stopped talking. Which is yeah. Shannon's getting a fucking sandwich, and I'm I did. I'm so upset. Guys, I got a sandwich. I got a sandwich. What's in that sandwich? It's, it's PB and J. You know, keeping classic. Did you say oh PB? I thought you said PP and J. I was like, that's <laughs> which a type would of blend into our, I'm not interested in. previous conversation. Jesus. And it's delicious. I need <laughs> you all to know that. It's into little squares. This is ridiculous. He did. So what that'd be easier of, for me to eat quietly. He's the best. What type of jam are you using? What? What? No flavor jam. Oh, strawberry. All crunchy right. or smooth? What? Crunchy or smooth? Oh, this is well. It's crunchy. Yeah, it's crunchy. Good. Cool. Blech. That's correct. Do you approve? Crunchy is better. Smooth oh, yeah, crunchy's all the way. Smooth should just crawl away. Um, Shut away. your face. 
Yeah, and it's all about a texture combination. I want the nuts, damn it. Nope. This is sounding great. You, you can just heard edit it this here. podcast. Al <laughs> wants the edit. nuts. <laughs> Please do not. I'm also part of this video, James. <laughs> Please do not. <laughs> Al wants the nuts. Done. Oh, now that I have that oh, sound bite, I can We're die. We're lucky we don't have enough lady. listeners who are actually going to create supercuts out of the things <laughs> we say. Anyway, they stop talking. Genuinely, this is sad. So, Angelo Iacogno, I don't know how you say his name either. I'm sorry. He's the executive producer in here. There's this beautiful interview with him just recently. And he's just so fucking wonderful. He's just like this old Italian man and he's so great. <laughs> and he's just like, man, I was trying to bring their family back together. They put all this effort to bring the family back together because he's like, these are all brilliant people and they should have been friends. And instead, their relationship really frayed. And then the father passed away shortly afterwards. So they, from the knowledge that I've got from listening to this stuff, Dario Gente and his father never really spoke again properly. Oh, um, Yeah, yeah. But while developing the script, they intended for the entomologist to be the main character. That was the initial thing. Because, again, these aren't stemming from the American tropes of the teenage girl. These are stemming from police investigations. That's what Giallo is about. It's about detectives figuring stuff out. And at that point, most detectives in film portrayed by men. So this is going to be about an entomologist detective, essentially. Mm. But then they began to realize as they're writing the character that the character was, wasn't always going to be very agreeable because he knew everything. Like he was going mm. to be the source of information for so many things. And that is tricky for your lead character because then they're kind of like a know-it-all. Right. And it makes them less empathetic. So they looked around and realized, well, Dario's, I mean, he's respected all over, but his main demographic are teenagers. And that's men and women. A lot of his aesthetic appealed to females. All of his previous films, like Suspiria, obviously, appealed to females. So they decided, let's write in a new lead character as a young girl. And his daughter at the time was 14 as well, which probably played some part into it. And then they chose Switzerland on purpose because it's somewhere that nothing bad happens. Mm. His quote mm. was, it's calm and civilized. But then he went there to do some scouting and he found student demonstrations everywhere across Zurich. And he realized, oh, maybe it's not much different from Italy. But at least the idea of Switzerland is this peaceful place, keeps itself out of wars, very secular, you know. You don't think of bad things happening there. Yeah. Dario, though, wanted for the entomologist, he wanted Orson Welles. What? Yep. That's crazy, but amazing. Uh, well, his executive producer, Angelo, was a huge cinephile, a huge fan. He was really excited about this idea. So he contacted apparently a prince who managed Orson Welles at the time. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? A prince? I mean, that's, that's what he says. Unless there's a weird, like, subtitles, <laughs> he says a prince. And they came to an agreement. They actually figured it out. Orson Welles was going to play the Donald Pleasant's role in this movie. And then there's a weird bit of info where he said, like, yeah, they ran back and they asked for three plane tickets first class, you know, to get to the shoot and all this stuff. And he was like, why do you need the three? And he's like, don't worry, don't worry. He's like, oh, is he bringing his wife? He's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, don't worry. And then he ran back again later to talk about something else and he pushed a little bit more about it and he was like, no, it's just us coming. But Orson Welles is so large <laughs> that you have to have two seats. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. Well, that's what whenever you said that he originally wanted Orson Welles, I was like, wait, at this time, Orson Welles was like what Marlon Brando eventually becomes, too. Like just yep. a big fat waste of space to some degree. Well, that's the thing. They then had to pull Orson Welles from the picture because he became ill and his doctors were not allowing him to do as many roles. And he died a year later, so it would have been oh, impossible. Wow. Really. Oh, wow, yeah. So Dara also wanted a guy called Peter Ostinov, who I'm not really aware of. But there was a rate disagreement, and then he ended up going with Donald Pleasance, who in the end they felt was, let's be clear, the, the executive producer was saying, 
imagine this with Orson Welles. Like, I think he still definitely would have preferred Orson Welles. Hmm. But they were very, they loved Donald Pleasance. They said he was like one of the most respectful, polite, kind man. He didn't disturb anyone. He would just sit somewhere, read a book, and then you'd say, it's time to shoot. He'd just walk over, do his lines, and then walk off again and disturb no one. And in this film, he looks like a Scottish Bing Kingsley. (laughs) That's what I kept thinking. (laughs) I was like, he's Ben Kingsley, but with like a weird, bad Scottish accent. What is happening? (laughs) Yeah, his Scottish accent. I mean, because at first I was like, how is he meant to be Scottish? And then I had to look up like, yeah, some of the info. I also was like, why? Why does he need to be Scottish? (laughs) Very weird. Then it came to get the lead. Dario wanted Lynn Ullman. You know this? No. So she's Ooh, the daughter of Liv Ullman and Ingmar Bergman. Ooh. Just looking up now because I wasn't that familiar. She didn't really do that much. They got a lot of closed doors, though, when approaching people in Hollywood. They sent, actually, I believe they sent the lady who ends up being the killer in this. Like, she went over there to try and do casting oh. in Hollywood for them. Oh. I think so. I think I'm getting that right. I might be. Oh, you know, they sent her over to do casting, not yeah, they thought she about herself. her she- for the role. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Because she actually wrote Suspiria with them. Like, she was a writer as well and just a collaborator with Daria. The agent actually got along really well with her. But this is the problem there. Then in Hollywood, it's 1985. They then read the script right. and literally said, anything but this. This is splatter. And Hollywood were like, it's 1985. It's a dirty fucking word. You know, that's when, sure, Friday the 13th might be making all the money, but Hollywood don't want to associate themselves with that. Paramount's trying to ditch Friday the 13th, even though it's given them all the money. New Line's one of the only ones who was like, no, 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 Freddie built us and we're happy. You know, we're right. going to stand behind that. Right. Yeah, so they, they would get a lot of closed doors. And now the agent literally apparently threw the script to her <laughs> and, oh my and, God. and exclaimed, like, my grandchildren, my grandchildren. So I'm not making this what? filth. I've what? got grandchildren, basically. She's well, like, you maybe think you of the should, children. you know, let them watch age-appropriate things then. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Dario was also interested in Jennifer because Sergio Leone, another name that I'm guessing you guys have heard of, one of the well, the great Spaghetti Western director, mm-hmm. has suggested her as he'd worked with her at, with Robert De Niro on Once Upon a Time in America. And she did get to go to, like, the red... She had a fairly small role in Once Upon a Time in America, but she did get to go on the red carpet, like, arm-in-arm arm with Robert De Niro at that point and stuff like that. So it was like... She was a bit of a presence, you know. So he went to America. He interviewed a lot of young girls aged 10 to 13. And when he met her, he just said he immediately knew that this, like, she's absolutely the one. She, I think she was like 13 at the time, 14 when they shot. She already spoke six different languages. Jesus. What? Yeah, Shannon, get your shit together. How many languages do you speak? <laughs> Barely one. <laughs> she's trying and, to talk yeah, English with a peanut butter sandwich in her mouth right now. But yeah, so then their problem was they were worried like, okay, well, we've got her, but we need the Guardian's permission. She's 14 years old. Like, we need the parents' permission. They're going to be put off when they read the script. So instead, what they did was they took the mildest scenes from Dario Argento movies. I think they took something from his first film and they took just things that had none of the violence he normally does and showcased it to the parents who were like, yeah, we like this. This is great. She can be a part of your movie. This is so arty. We love it. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, and like I said, there's loads more. There's a couple of bits we'll get to at the end to do with the different cuts. But I will say here, we all watched the longest cut, which is now the mm-hmm. cut that's majoritively available. Shannon watched it on Amazon. Katie watched it on Blu-ray, was it? Or on I watched it on iTunes. iTunes. Mm-hmm. I watched it on the Blu-ray put out by Arrow. There's a good Blu-ray by Synapse as well. I will say, if you want to go, I mean, there are, so there's a wormhole of how many different versions of this movie they are, and then different ways it's been sort of colored a little bit and how they process stuff. So some shots, you know, some ones are much darker. It looked fucking fantastic. And I know the Arrow one is apparently like the way to watch it, but I believe the online ones are good too. 
They're all 116 minutes. I'm going to ask you guys a quick question before we get in because we haven't asked about this. Is there a scene with a woman telling her to close the window on the bus? Yes. yes. Okay. And were there bits of sporadic Italian for yes. what seems like no reason? Yes. 100%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's the longest version pretty much available. A lady on the bus. Darjean. I've met her. I love that. <laughs> that was one of my favorite details of this film. So <laughs> passive aggressive. Well, that's actually a scene. That scene is one of one of the ways I know. It's like there was a version put out, I've forgotten which I think it's on the previous Blu-ray maybe or something, where Dario Argento was referred to for it and he asked him to remove bits. You know, this is way later, like decades later. And well, that was one of the scenes. He said, can you please remove that scene if they're asking to close the window because I don't like it anymore. So there's like so many different iterations of this. That's such a this. random one for him to be like, I, I really don't so like weird. this scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes... it adds or takes away nothing from the film but i loved it it was just like such a little yeah, thing i like it too the fact that you didn't see her walking back anyway yeah Bam, yes. we're gonna. let's get in the movie cold open no preamble no spooky music just, just a Swiss, beautiful, beautiful fucking bus coming through the mountains yes. and i don't want to say again i've seen this movie a lot but i haven't seen it in a long time i watched this a whole well not a lot i saw it maybe five times when i was a teenager in my and then in my early 20s and then i didn't see it in ages and I'm also going to, because I was getting to horror, I knew Dario Argento, I was struggling with some of his other ones. I thought, Jennifer Connelly, that's going to be my way to go. And then I found out Donald Pleasance. Like most men my age, Jennifer Connelly was my first crush in Labyrinth, like proper, like, stupid crush. So I was like, this is my in to Dario Argento. And I remembered having mixed feelings <laughs> about this yeah. movie. You two, first time, yeah? Yes. And I was like, ooh, pretty vista. And then I saw that bus and I was like, Katie is going to love this movie. Give me that bus. <laughs> Swiss buses. So yep. pretty. I, yes. I also love this. I will admit I have a certain affection to this film just because I was lucky enough throughout my whole childhood up until about the age of 17 to be going to Switzerland at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. I spent a lot of my childhood there. And I, I just, I have a great affinity and I love Switzerland so goddamn much. This is one of the so first things I remember when I first met Al was he said a line similar to when we wintered in Switzerland and I was like, excuse right. me, what? Yeah. Excuse, excuse me, what? <laughs> I hope I wouldn't have phrased it like that, but okay. You said something um, to that effect and I was like, god damn. I was like, we went yeah. to like Bass Pro Shops on holiday. So yeah, we wintered in to Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we went to Branson. <laughs> oh, my point is you don't get to see Switzerland in film very often. Their film industry is <laughs> tiny. They only did their first genre film, which was a sci-fi film called Cargo. It fucking wasn't that long ago. It was like 10 years ago or something. But anyway, so I just love getting to see Switzerland in film. So immediately we get this opening shot, so the school bus, which I recognize. I look at those school buses, so the pretty. mountains behind. For anyone who cares, we're at a place, uh, I think it's pronounced Schwagap, which is, or Schwagalp, which is on the far east of switzerland it's right near the borders of austria and germany nice. which is nearer i don't i don't know I don't know that side. which makes sense um, for later when there are some people speaking german and austrian right yes oh yeah well there's the thing for people again for anyone listening who don't know switzerland's actually split into a lot of cantons and then different regional areas so the side that's backed into france that's french-speaking part of switzerland mm-hmm. the side's mm-hmm. backed into germany it's german-speaking there's also italian-speaking switzerland and then there's just swiss switzerland and then within Swiss Switzerland, they speak different dialects from, you can be genuinely two miles away and they'll be speaking in a different dialect. Crazy. Um, so it's a fascinating place with a lot of international identities, which I, is one of the things I love about it. But anyway, bus comes along, picks up a bunch of people, heads off, and then we get this young teenage girl chasing it. This is Daria's daughter. Um, She's very into her hair. Yeah. Well, she has <laughs> great hair. She just keeps messing with it. 
Well, she was really shy. She was 14, really shy. She hadn't acted ever before. Yeah, and she just went for it as best as she could. Obviously, it was kind of easier for her having your father there and um, right. her, her, someone else, I think. Her, but at that point, her grandfather was insane. Isn't it bonkers, stuff, though, to look at this kid and be like, she's 14, the same age as Jennifer Connelly, and just to like see they're like completely different species in a certain way. Yeah, kind of, I but I was also like, and this is kind of gross, but you could like see her nipples through her shirt and then that made me feel so weird because she's clearly so young. It was very strange to me. Well, it just made me feel like it was really cold as well. And I was like, put some clothes on. You're so little. Yeah. There was something like not knowing that this was his daughter beforehand. There was something that already felt a little like exploitative just because she does. She appears so young and, you know, classic horror tropes of like got to make sure no one's wearing a bra. Right. That's what this read to me as in the in this beginning. So now knowing that she's his daughter and all that sort of backstory doesn't necessarily make it better, but it doesn't make it worse either. <laughs> Yeah, she probably just didn't need a bra. I yeah, don't think she's yeah. probably, it, it, you know, it's probably like an innocent sort of thing. It's just one of those things in these expecting like slasher sure. films and all that sort of stuff. I'm looking well, for the exploitation to some degree. And that's why I'm excited because we've trained you up now, Shannon. Yeah, You've seen more 80s slashers than most people, even slasher fans. That's true. You've seen a whole lot of them now, even if you haven't seen, you know, all of the main franchises or whatever. You've seen Ugh. all these weird ones around the edges. So you've been trained up to know what to expect. This is something different because oh, it's really Italian is. based. It really yeah. is. And this is definitely more about Dario, even though this is much closer. This isn't full on Dario. Like, this isn't full on Giallo by any means, but there are tinges here. Sorry, this is full on Dario for sure, but yeah. it's not full on Italian. Like, oh, okay. We're getting gotcha, American gotcha. influences too. Okay, so this is with it. She has something around the neck, which she just clutches, which I found weird. I don't know what that yeah, was. Mm, it's, like, it's like some weird yellow instrument. We do this great crane shot. It's a little bit shaky, but in the making of, you see them doing it, and it's like, this fucking crane is insane. It was so big and so high, and it really makes you realize the kind of stuff Dara was doing. It's like he's doing Kubrick stuff. You know, mm-hmm. He's like treating film on a different level, just not with the same budget. But yeah, it heads through the trees, and we get the synth music and the credits at this point, and it's very atmospheric. Yeah. And then I have my first problems of like, for some reason, the girl's like, she's crying, she's shivering. They're really going to hammer home. This is a windy, cold part yes. of Switzerland. Oh my God. Um, the, wind the wind in this film. <laughs> the wind. The wind is its mad. own character in this film. It really is. And it loves like. Jennifer yeah, Connelly. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, because I don't know who she is, and I presume she's a local because she's heading for the bus. I was like, maybe just go home. <laughs> you yeah, know, if you like, missed bus, like, because you see the people who are getting on there, they're definitely tourists. And so, yeah. to right. me, it definitely looked like, yeah, it was a tourist bus. They were on a tour of places, and then she didn't get back on the bus in time. Yeah, I was like, Can who's not doing a head town? count? I mean, for yeah. starters, what's a 14 year old girl doing anyway? She's a tourist, like traveling around to different mm. countries. But also, just go back to the town. Like, I don't know. It's just this know. bit is so improbable. She goes down a path that will make me way feel really from. scared for her for yeah. me like i could totally imagine me doing something stupid like this and then i'd be like great i'm now stuck in a country that like i was saying has 14 different languages that they all speak i'm out here right. in the middle of nowhere i'm gonna get eaten by a goat or something and i don't know where to go so and she's a little yeah, but you're not gonna go you're not gonna go to a stranger's house like this is kind i mean of but it's also crazy. switzerland and i feel like i could that nothing yeah, bad's well, gonna happen here. This house has fucking flower boxes around yeah, it. It's it so looks cute. That's adorable. every house. I know. They all look adorable. So I honestly, I probably would go walk up to this house. Yeah, I would too. I, I would 100% well, do that. What are you hoping for? What are they gonna say? Are they gonna give you a lift? A phone? A phone? No. For what? 
to call, to call whomever you're the there with. Bus. She's assumingly not there by herself. So she can yeah, call she the hotel that she stays in. Maybe 10 minutes from a town where they were like, this is where you get the bus from. It's not going to be that far away. No, like, the, like what if they're town, just doing different stops and they go out there to, I don't know, look at a river right. or a water it, wall or something. It was my impression that this was a tourist bus, right? Yeah, it's like And that it was not making regular stops. And that in her missing it, she might be stuck there for the night. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Now, are oh, so the, she was part of the group. Yeah, correct. That's how oh, I, that, I because I think they story. say that later that she yeah. was a okay. tourist missing whatever. So that was my impression of this. So I 100 percent there's a house nearby would find a phone to yeah. contact the tour company or whatever and just say, hey, I'm out here. Could you please send contact the bus and tell them to come back? Right. Because right. at this point, I think she logically thinks she's going to be stuck here for the night or she has to figure out a way like you follow the road at that point to whatever the nearest town is. Sure, sure. And I, she doesn't I thought she was a tourist a leader when they say that, but I just yeah. didn't get that it was like a group tourist. She now. doesn't I just, have a I, coat. Her nipples are so hard, so you know it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it was a group tourist. So that was really throwing me later when they said that stuff. I, was like, I still don't understand oh. like why, you know. And it just looks like a Swiss bus to me. I didn't get it as a special oh. bus or anything. So I was just like, she's getting a bus somewhere and she's traveling alone. It's like, well, you did this fucking far. Why would you now go knocking on the strangers' houses? But yeah, if she's part of a tourist group, then that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she goes to this house. She starts like knocking on a door and then lets herself in, which would definitely happen, I think, in the 80s in Switzerland. And we see chains being pulled on and then ripped out of a wall somewhere in the house. The beast. Um, and meanwhile, the music is cranking up, which is fucking crazy. Yes. This is my favorite part of this whole film. Spoilers. The music. Obsessed. All right. The music. So Goblin are a legendary band. From Italy, who do a lot of stuff to, and they've been in many iterations with some different members, but they're legendary and they do a lot of stuff in horror films with Dario. Like if you see Suspiria, the original, that's going to be goblin music. That when George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, one of the you know classic horror movies, got released in Europe, there was a European cut and Goblin did the music for it. Goblin were demons, the movie you talked about earlier. That's Goblin who did the music for that. And they're a real love it or hate it affair. People either get really upset with Goblin or they really fucking love it. I really fucking love it. <laughs> they had split up by this point so they got claudio simonetti i think his name who is the lead of goblin i believe he was brought in to do the music but they needed help so they asked this guy called simon boswell who's done a whole bunch of stuff he's a british composer to help out he admits he really wasn't into prog rock didn't enjoy goblin's work he thinks there are some great tracks that came out of this collaboration but they really didn't get along well and they ended up having to split them into different places <laughs> so they wouldn't be around each other. And Dario had to go, all right, you guys handle these cues. You guys handle these cues. You're not working together. You're just getting the job done. So it's, I would say it's hard to tell which bits are whose. Yeah. <laughs> don't think it is. I think it's, I don't hard. Think it's it is. very easy to know what's Goblin is. And then to add to that, we're also going to have fucking Iron Maiden. Yes. And oh, fuck, what's the other band? Bring that I'm fucking energy. Uh, is it Motorhead? Motorhead yeah, it's Motorhead. Yeah. It's Motorhead. Yeah. Whenever Iron Maiden starts playing, oh man, I lo- I lost my shit. I fucking loved it. Well, we'll get to it because I know people who hate the Iron Maiden here, but I also listened to podcasts recently and people hate it, but then they just hate it because of partly because of how it comes out and it's like that's partly because of the different edited versions there are versions of this Mm. film where they use the music in slightly different ways and then they edit out of it without giving you the proper sort of exit points you know yeah so yeah i do think we're seeing it in the best way to judge opposite music Um, of last week tell you that much (laughs) oh yeah you are not falling asleep in this one (laughs) well because you know 
this film drags in different ways, and then that music comes on, and I'm yeah, like, but then it wakes you back up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I appear. Really this is just because Dario Gento loves heavy metal. That's basically yes. it. I listen, Dario. I am not a fan ish. <laughs> However, we could listen to music together. <laughs> <laughs> So the music drops out, which I really love this because we just get some time with her and it's all quiet and we get the, like, we can tell these all, you know, interesting locations. Mm-hmm. Chain wraps around her neck. A pair of scissors then falls to the floor. And this is cool. This is what Dario is known for is, like, he is very artistic and very controlled with his visuals. It's always about the visuals. It's always about mood, metaphor, and visual over narrative. That's Dario way. That makes um, sense. <laughs> yeah. And if you see Suspiria, like, it's, oh, gorgeous like it's gorgeous the colors that they use in that that movie yeah but she's trying to escape she gets impaled in, in the hand there's a cool effects here i saw in the making of they actually made the sort of little robot hand that it could do all the oh, things cool. to make it like oh crazy those fingers move you know when it gets stabbed i was wondering i was like wow that looks really good yeah it's proper effort went into this movie you know this isn't a hack job at all oh no she runs out gets to a river and a cave she gets some scissors in her belly and then a very classic shot here, which they actually did with a very special <sighs> camera, which unfortunately, I don't think the celluloid's been preserved as well. So it's yeah. all grainy and grimy. But she gets pushed backwards very slowly through glass, which then starts falling onto into her, her face. face. I know, into her face. That's oh. what I was like, oh, glass in the face, glass in, in the face. face. Which is no way you're pushing your daughter, even in you know European times in the eighty. Not pushing your daughter's face through glass, but like this isn't breakaway glass, which no. was like yeah. I hate breakaway. So like, what is this? I know that's what I, I, know, was, I was like. I, how did they do that scene? I was trying to figure that out as well as I was watching it, and I kept thinking of I can't remember the name of the film that you told me about where the girl actually does cut her face because oh, yeah. the director was like whatever, and I was like, ah, is this another one of those? Is that bitch dead now? <laughs> 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 well yeah i mean and then it's kind of weird because we go from that shot to then just seeing a hand and then her head just getting thrown into the room i know i was like okay so you strangled her with a chain you stabbed her in the hand you stabbed her in the stomach you put her head through glass but nope nope now we're going to decapitate you and then throw just, you in the river the fuck just really hates his daughter i guess <laughs> They claimed, because they did that shot three times, they had three heads made of her that they threw into the river. And obviously, you can't get them back. Nope. Once yeah. you throw that in that river, you're gone. And it's for one brief blink and you miss it shot. They claim they were so good that the next day in the papers were that the police thought that there were body, like this girl had oh, been shit. mutilated, basically. Oh, so shit. So they had to ring up. This three-headed girl had been mutilated? And then they just found one of them. And oh. they had to ring up the authorities. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. They're like, mystery of the three-headed woman. <laughs> <laughs> decapitated i can't believe any police officer is going to pick up a fucking fake head but you know <laughs> i feel like this is could be a good premise for a different horror movie like you're shooting a slasher film right and the actual police of the town find a body yeah but then they're like oh no this isn't a real body it's got to be it's fake it's from that blah blah, blah. and listen don't steal my idea. There's something there. There's something there. Don't steal my idea, guys. I'm going to make millions. The only way I can think is after the water got to it, they initially presumed, oh, because heads obviously and bodies do things in right. water that maybe right. it looked weird because of that. I don't yeah, know. probably. It's a nice story. But goddamn, what an opening. I know. Jesus. It's quite the opening. It's quite intense. And then Jesus. to follow that up, we're going to get a windy night with a chimpanzee. Yes! As soon as this chimp comes out, I was like, I'm done. This is the best movie I've ever seen. This is, this is it. <laughs> this is everything. 
This chimp, I love just watching and everything. How so smart. So yes. smart. How smart it is. Like, yes. Just how it's considering everything around it yeah. and picking mm-hmm. things up. And then when it sees this head we're going to get to, you can see the look on his face like, fuck, man, what happened? Because it yeah. doesn't know, obviously, that's a fake head. It's like, dude, why are you all looking at this head? That's yeah. insane. Oh, the head. Anyway, he's hanging out with Donald Pleasance, who's in a wheelchair. He's an entomologist. He's apparently Scottish. Uh, yes. <laughs> Scottish Ben Kingsley. <laughs> and the police are there to chat with him. And basically, they're giving us the information that Dario had learned to do with, yes, that so you can judge these decomposed bodies from different things through maggots and flies and blah, blah, blah. I'm learning so much. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 15 uh, the days. Chimps is just, the chimp's just his buddy. <laughs> yeah. She's and it his brings nurse. him a scalpel Yeah, the chimp is outside. his nurse. Yeah, that's true. Bring them a scalpel from outside. I presume just to set up later that it picks up blades. Right. <laughs> well, it's to show right now because you're going to get to the scene where he's like, look, this is sharp. You can hurt yourself. So he's yeah. explaining to yeah, the chimp true. that you can do harm with this thing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if this one does nothing else, it sells me on I want a chimp as a friend. I have Maybe. written at least three times in my notes that your next assistant needs to be a chimp because, yep, <laughs> you know. We did a lot in of interviews it. and I feel like this monkey was a lot smarter than a lot yeah. of the people this that we met with. Is the heart and soul of this film. Yeah. And for sure. Harry's whenever it. this moment happened, I guessed what the ending was going to be, right? Because it's like pretty fucking obvious. But I was also like, I am here for this. I am now watching this whole movie. <laughs> I am now like into this movie. And it would just felt like, oh man, I just have to get to the bits with the chimp. <laughs> yep. Just gotta hold on well, for that monkey. While we're talking, I'm sending to our group chat a little image which has all the posters pretty much for Phenomena. And there's one in middle top that you guys should see, which set up people the wrong way because it makes you think the, the killer is the oh, monkey. Oh, yeah, it does. That is not okay. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy image oh, of the chimpanzee. That is inappropriate. Yeah, inappropriate. Yeah. Really, a lot of people thought the chimp was the killer in this movie. I don't like that. Spoilers, it's not. Oh, it was anyway. at one point called Creepers? Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Idea. Oh. So they're looking at this head which is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of craftsmanship. It's so good. It's so gross. And I saw an interview with the effects guy now, and he was like, yeah, still pretty proud of that one. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, normally in horror films, you glance away from this stuff. You know, this is, they're going to linger and zoom in. Yeah, it looks great. There's a lot of maggots. This is where I suddenly was like, oh, I thought this movie would be fine for Shannon. Maybe I remembered incorrectly. (laughs) It's so gross. So gross. But yeah, this is the girl's head from eight months ago, or just over eight months ago. <laughs> After three Pleasance. guys try to do math, I love that spot where they're like, yes. what's uh, what's 15 times I know. 14, <laughs> yeah. and then you add 10 weeks, and then what? So that'd be, and then one guy's finally like, eight months, and then he's like, eight months, 10 weeks. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. But it's cool, because then they figure out from that, okay, in this bracket of time, which girls went missing, and then can figure out who it is. Yeah. Even though it has all its teeth, so you can just do dental records. If yeah. Knows, you need yeah. the bugs. Yeah. But I mentioned a girl called Rita, who's also missing. They're not going to give it much context at this point, but we're later on going to find this is Donald Pleasance's previous friend and assistant, mm-hmm. I guess. She's on the list of missing girls who all seem to be in that rough same age bracket. Meanwhile, spoiled Jennifer, all the money has been driven to a boarding school by a chaperone and a limousine thing. This chaperone is going to be the killer at the end of the film mm-hmm. she i know some people have a problem with it because they feel she's not introduced enough i know now from looking at the making of maybe they thought she'd be obvious because she plays a big role just in Dargento's life so her being there is like oh it's her um, i was just like you're a bad actor why is this happening yeah yeah <laughs> that was yes. my only impression of her was you are bad 
Well, this is the interesting thing with this film, Janet, because if you watch a lot of 80s Italian movies around this time, they recorded MOS, which means obviously no sound. Mm-hmm. So for nearly all these films, they had to dub everything afterwards, mm. which meant even if you had English actors, you would normally have to dub the English afterwards. This one did have the same industry side, many of these actors dubbed themselves weirdly. There's so much stuff just to do with like, well, we didn't have the original files anymore, which is why, well, not files, but, you know, prints anymore. Which is why there are certain bits of scenes here which suddenly were left into Italian, but they have to go back to the previous cut that they originally did, which is like, obviously this is majoritively for an Italian audience, so they had to dub them all into Italian. It's a real hot mess. So this was quite, you know, not ahead of its time, but, you know, rare in these films where it's it's completely recorded, well, almost entirely recorded on set and is allowing the English actors to speak in English and the Italian actors to speak in English and probably some of them are still dubbed. But anyway, she tells them that people call this the Swiss Transylvania and that everyone speaks English, which is going to be lucky for us. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. We learn that her father is a famous actor and he's not going to be able to be contacted by telephone for a year because he's in the Philippines. I, they right? don't have phones there. Where there's no phones. There are no phones. And also, like, how much does your dad love you? Right. <laughs> uh, sweetie, <laughs> yeah. you can't contact me for a year. I'm going to take this job. I'm going to send you to a boarding school mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Well, and as we find out later, her mother left her. So she has one legal guardian <laughs> who's like, nah, deuces for a year. <laughs> And she's very well adjusted. Yeah, <laughs> like she is. She is not fine. bothered. There's a bee in this car, and they all fucking freak out. Yeah, other than Jennifer. Well, they oh, keep calling freaked. it a wasp, which was making me upset because I was like, "It's a bumblebee." Yeah, but they're freaking. They are ready out. to wreck this car over this bee. Oh yeah, and Jennifer just saves it, gives it a little hug, yep. starts stroking it, and says, "Insects never hurt me." Because I and love them. And then we them. begin the opera music. I know it's so <laughs> crazy. And then possibly my favorite bit in the entire movie, out of nowhere, an overdone voice of a narrator, which says... Oh, yes. I forgot about this. So, so crazy. Jennifer arrives in Switzerland from oh the God. new world to pass her first memorable night at the Richard I Wagner International School too. for Girls. Yep. As they're pulling up in front. It's so, oh, that's so weird. Right. I forgot and about it. I forgot this. about it because it's the only time it happens. I and know. it's so strange. But honestly, at this point, this I was is... like, this is a fucking weird movie. Yeah, sure. Do a voiceover. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but this is the thing. On. It's like, this, you know, this is an English voice. In my head, I'm like, was the original version of this, you know, is this a leftover from some other cut? You know, from some cut where they cut out so much that they needed something just shoved in to make it make sense or something. Maybe. I don't know, because this is all very obvious if you're watching this movie. But it's fucking bizarre because it's the only time we get a voiceover other than at the end, but she's writing a letter then, so it's fine. Mm. Um, then this is a man. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, they got this big old house on this big old grounds. It's He's kind so of got pretty. similarities to Suspiria. And they do note, the writers are like, yep, we know there's a lot of similarities to Spirits, young girl going off to this big house to like, uh, with all these yeah, things going to happen. Right. And she's warned not to go into the other buildings as they're not safe. And then she's going to meet a couple of people. She's going to meet her roommate, Sophie, who's French. She's a vegetarian and she has Smokes baby Smokes all the time. <laughs> well, she's not a vegetarian. <laughs> Jennifer is a vegetarian. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Jennifer's a vegetarian. Sorry. I've watched this twice, that section, and I really still don't understand why there's baby food. Because said, her little brother was just there. Like her yeah. mom or someone brought the, her little brother to visit. And that's why it's the joke. The only reason that's there is so that she can make the statement, I think he's the only boy that has ever been inside these walls. Right. 
Right. That's the right. only okay. so that you know it's all women that men aren't allowed that sort of thing. I feel like that's the only reason why it's there. Fair enough. And then we're going to meet yes. the headmistress, which is a very, very stern lady. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. she is. Pissed off the bat. A hundred percent. Well, she's already met pissed that she's arrived late. And I'm like, but you had your lady who works at the school picking her up. So it's not mm-hmm. entirely her fault. Plus, like, no, we never see anyone in this school do anything. No. <laughs> right. No. I don't like, even think no they have classes. <laughs> so weird it's just like yeah just we hang out so who gives yeah. a fuck if she's late like it's ridiculous yeah and then we're gonna get some nice i do like jennifer and sophie you know they like each other immediately they're bonding and chatting sophie thinks that jennifer's sleeping with her father before she finds out it's her father so like it's the weird. 80s in italy it's like oh yeah you totally seem age appropriate to be sleeping with this famous actor oh my god right the part where <laughs> she's like what do you think about before you fall asleep and she's like if i thought about your dad i'd never get to sleep <laughs> <laughs> we see her dad um, later doesn't add up no we yep. don't no we don't we never that's see the him agent. that's it we never so, see him all right we let's get to that when it. we get to that because that's what confused me because there's a bit yeah. where they yeah. say something but anyway we'll get no, it right. okay. we never see him because she has a poster I, of her dad that the headmistress takes away and they're right. like yeah. but it's her like basically saying but it's so-and-so that's her i can't remember his name all right, because I presumed it wasn't him, but then there's a line that, oh, fucking, I hope I'm a note of it. We'll see when we get there. There's a line that I went back and I had to go back three times because, like, yeah, they respond to him as if he's the father. No, and he's it Morris. really confused the fuck out of me. No, I know what you're talking about, I think, and it's because they put the father's agent becomes, like, her caretaker while he can't yeah. be reached. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got that, but I just, there's a bit where they actually refer to him as if he's, but, like, there's a word that they use, and maybe it was just in the translation mm, or something. No, it just maybe. confused me. But it was something where I was like, wait, what? That's not her father. And I had to go back three times and go, okay, well, that's what they're saying. And then from that point on, I was like, this is her dad, I guess. And it confused mm. the shit well, out of me. We'll get to yeah. it. We'll get to it. Will we? My notes are exhaustive. <laughs> and this is where, yeah, Jennifer tells a story that, like last week, is out of nowhere and right? is very Phoebe Cates and Gremlins. It's even set on Christmas Day about the phone ringing and her mother answering, and it was her mother's lover. So she just left. And right. I don't know what he said. But I mean, left. he must have said, get here, bitch. Because she's like, I'll be right yeah. there. Bye, fam. Right. A hundred juices. Never came back. Her dad, then he got 12 presents that year. And he said that the 13th <laughs> was, was his mom walking out. <laughs> so crazy. Oh, harsh. Love I know. it. Love it. Do you know why this story is here? This is because this is a true story from Dara Argento's childhood. Oh, God. Oh, shit. <laughs> And he just wanted it in here. I've heard people call this out as like, this is no place to be here, but it's a weird movie and Dara just wanted it here. I do think it gives us some context. It helps us understand her a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it shows why she's so aloof. It shows how she's been used to being on her own. And, right. you know, that she doesn't really have that maternal guidance that we're going to see she's in a lot of need of in yes. a little bit. Yeah. 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 And then Sophie tells Jennifer about the murderer. Sadly, Sophie's not the greatest actor. I don't think she's Jennifer Connelly's at her heights here, but she looks great compared to everybody else she's acting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she looks incredible. Com- yeah. Not just her acting, but also just how they are treating her. She is the chicest 14-year-old I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. At one point, she's wearing an all-white outfit with a white tie. Yep. The fuck is happening? I'm obsessed. Yep. Her hair so is the to, most glorious to... thing I've ever seen. It's so shiny. How does she it's get it so that shiny? shiny? 
They always have beautiful light on her too. Like even right now when she's about to go to bed, there's like a beam of moonlight that's coming through and just like perfectly illuminates her. Yes. She's so beautiful. I love it. Not to spoil things, but this movie became very big in Japan for I think obvious reasons. They like their weird shit and they like their young pretty girls. Yeah. Um, And Jennifer Connelly literally like, their fashion changed. They people started dressing like she does in this Damn. movie. People started doing her hairstyle like she does it in this movie, which isn't much of a hairstyle, but you know, whatever. Yeah. But this movie became important to Japanese culture for a while. Yeah. I mean, I might start in dressing like her in this movie. A hundred percent changed me, especially her little like the little rail car outfit that she wears in a little bit with the hat. Oh, that hat! God oh yeah! Damn. Oh yeah! Ridiculous. It's like. God. Sophie's sleeping with earphones on. I'm pretty sure she's watching Goblin on the TV because there's like oh, a yeah. heavy metal band playing. Well, Jennifer's having a nightmare. We're going to learn she has these n- nightmares and then she becomes very calm and then she'll start s- sleepwalking. Yeah. But it's going to be intercut. And at first, I think you're meant to think it is her nightmare with mm-hmm. this girl who's running for a windy night with weird white statues, which I had to rewind because I was like, they just have like people standing in fucking white yeah. body bags. It was yeah, so it was weird. weird. But I know, like weird white statues. She enters one of the other buildings, I guess, on the grounds. I don't know. Or it might be somewhere completely different. And I think we it's one have, of the other buildings. Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, it's hard because then later, though, she, Jennifer's going to, well, we'll get there. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely geography is a little confusing. And they get Iron Maiden for the first time playing Flash yes! of the Blade. Dude, yes! as she's running across this lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, and this is where I was like, did Iron Maiden make this song for this <laughs> film, right? Because the whole thing is like, there's a blade. Or are they just using the Iron Maiden? I was so, I needed to know. I think they just, I don't, I think Kai Maiden already had written this song. I might be wrong. Feel free to do that. I didn't check into that. Yeah, then Jennifer begins to sleepwalk. This is going to happen a lot. We're going to get these scenes like massive music soundscapes with what otherwise could be quite, I mean, still some great visuals, but could be quite slow. Yeah. I love it. Especially after initiation. I'm like, yes, bring the energy, get some heavy. Like, I love that. I caught like that, whatever you call it juxtaposition thank you i was gonna say dichotomy and i was like that's not right yeah of that like tension and anxiety with that like insane Mm -hmm. music but yet she's walking through this crazy building all this shit is happening and she's sleepwalking she's still asleep yeah oh yeah so she's walking down this white poseidon wall so this is something i see the actress who ends up being the killer i'm almost sure unless i get these two people muddled up i'm pretty sure it's her this was something she told Dario Argento about that actually used to happen to her when she was younger with these this sleepwalking. So they based a lot of it on her experience of sleepwalking. Oh. And then Jennifer, yeah, she sleepwalks up to the roof yeah, uh, just is. in time to meet the girl who's then running away as she gets speared through the fucking mouth. Yes. Through the window Ugh. again. Through more glass. Yep. Yeah. More glass in the face. I was like, does every woman get glass in the face in this film? Is that the thing? Which just confused me because I'm like, where are they? Yeah. How did no one then find this person? Like, it's. Yeah, I it, thought this was going to be a thing of then Jennifer was going to start being accused of being the killer because she just mm-hmm. kept being where they are. But then, right. yeah, it's confusing how this doesn't really right. go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's going to be a lot of strands that they could follow. Yeah. Jennifer's walking along the edge of the house and it crumbles and she falls, but her jacket catches. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And yet and- she's still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she falls into a hedge. And then she like runs out of there. This is where it confuses me with geography because then she's like in a town suddenly yeah. <laughs> on a road where there are cars. So I was like, has she fucking teleported or did she literally sleepwalk all that way to wherever it is that this woman was being murdered or this girl and no one 
we just didn't see any of that. Right. It's very right. confusing. Yeah, I got confused too um, right now. I was like, how is she already out on a street? Yeah. I into a fly? Yeah, why do yeah. none of these cars want to stop for her? Yeah. It's a really cool weird. shot though. Like the, I guess the composition stuff they did with those mm-hmm. cars looks cool. Right. Uh, she eventually does get hit by a car, and then two guys pick her up, and we revert to no subtitles and subtitles, depending on which version you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how the I'm people don't want to stop for her, but then they also don't want to intervene when two guys then try to shove her into their car against so her weird. will. Yep. She's literally screaming, yep. "Stop! Let me go!" And these other people, are like, can you move your car so I can keep driving erratically, please? That's what's for you. Stay out of trouble. Right. I'm going to say now I actually like some of these scenes when there are no subtitles. I know there are versions when you can't get subtitles for this stuff. And there are versions where I believe they're even dubbed. I don't know. But um, I like without subtitles because it lets me get more into how she would feel as the foreigner not understanding what people are saying around her. Which right. is a little scarier. In this kind of situation, you got these two guys... And one of them's fucking all over her straight away. Yeah, yeah. It's like trying to like get, I don't know if he's trying to keep her from wriggling or if he's trying to do other stuff. And she pretty quickly just jumps out of the car and then she's down in the woods and you can hear them talking. And I like not understanding what they're saying. It makes it mm. creepier. So then she just hangs out with some ladybugs. Yep. And then Inga, Inga just turns up and says, oh, hey, what are you doing? Just hanging out. So weird. I was like, of course, when Jennifer <laughs> Connelly sleepwalks and gets thrown out of a moving vehicle, she meets a chimpanzee. If I were I to know. do it, I wouldn't get shit. Well, Inga takes and, her to hang out with Donald Pleasance. And she was still asleep through all of yeah. that. She does well, not until wake. She's, really? Yes, I feel because like- she says in the car, while she's in the car, and they're like, she says, I have to wake up. I have to wake up in the car. Oh. oh. Well, so yeah. it is not she until up she, rolls down she the is hill, thrown right? from the car and she sees the ladybugs that she is then actually awake. Bad case of them snooze walking. Yeah. I guess. But it's these, it's these little touches that Dario does. Like when she leaves, we're going to see her leave for the eyes of the ladybugs that mm-hmm. are on this leaf. We're going to yeah. get this weird like six frame shot of her leaving, which is stuff that other directors just wouldn't do. Like he thinks about things in interesting ways. Jennifer tells D- Donald Pleasant that she's slept. I wrote down slept walked, that she's yeah. sleepwalked before. <laughs> and she never remembers anything when she does it. And then they start bonding because they're both into insects. And then he just, I love this. He's just like, oh, yeah, you remind me of this girl. She was called Rita. She used to come here. She died. Do you want to wear her coat? Yeah. (laughs) You look cold. It would fit you. It's so weird. It's really weird. But somehow, that is what I like about Donald Pleasance. There's so many actors you could place in this role where this relationship between the two of them will feel creepy. Mm -hmm. Never feels creepy with Donald Pleasance. He just feels like a, a great guy. Yeah. Even when he's telling her lines, like he hands her a bug, he's like, oh, you're exciting it. I know. It's doing a mating call. It's not I mating know. season. It's it so wants weird. at you. <laughs> it's like he's doing his best to excite you back. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> Can you imagine like anybody else's is so creepy? Yeah. Yes. Somehow. Especially makes after it this fine. bug has shot some white stuff into his yeah. face. Right. And then she tries <laughs> yeah. to hold it and I'm like, this is pride. I was like, please just stop. Yes. But it's like 100%. it's so innocent feeling. It's like, oh, you're like a, yeah. a bug whisperer. That really is quite like an acting challenge. Take these lines and make them not sound sexual. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the same, and I think part of this with this movie is just her. Like she is just so innocent. The wrong word. Yeah. But just sort of unassuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About everything. I really like. They talk a bit about the wind and how it causes madness. Yes, which you can hear the wind throughout the entirety of this scene. Because at one point, I had to be like, "Huh." What is that? Sa- is that the wind? <laughs> the fuck? 
causing madness in you, Jen. I know. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that the wind's here throughout. And I don't know how they did it all the time because it's, whenever you see the trees, they're always moving and it's great. All right. So Jennifer goes back to the school. They don't like the fact that she went for a walkie at nighttime. So they give her an EEG. My God. They the really overreact to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no proof of classes, but they have a full fucking EEG setup. <laughs> they didn't see her levitate out of bed or something. Like, this is a fairly normal thing that happens to people. And yet, well, I had to look up some of this stuff. Like, though, because, you're a yeah, demon. Listen, well, yeah, yeah, they definitely got to find it. But I was listening to some podcasts where they were kind of laughing at some of the stuff here and the leaps they do. I agree, obviously, it's a leap. But I did look up stuff to do with particularly how they used to think about stuff and that sleepwalking can, because they, they claim that she's on the road to schizophrenia. Hmm. And yeah, and I looked into it and it is something that can happen for schizophrenic people. Like sleepwalking can be something that's on the road to them developing these different personalities. Yeah, but wouldn't you, um, so like, after one time, this girl that they've just met, who's the daughter of a celebrity, they would be like, okay, well, we're going to lock your room or whatever. And instead, the headmistress is more upset that she left the school at night without permission. Right. No, like, I agree. That's what that's she's what I'm saying. I'm saying their reactions are ridiculous. Yeah. But the scientific reasoning isn't that far-fetched. It's just they're jumping to it. Right. Too quick. And he uses EEG on her, which again, it wouldn't give you these, like, it is electro, but it's, it wouldn't give you shocks, but she reacts to it as if it's giving you shocks and begins yeah. to see images from the night before, which makes them more suspicious. And then we get a little bit of subtitles because we skip to actually, for the only time, really, there's one other scene, but it's pretty much the only time where we see that this is a school full of girls. Mm. Yeah. They do a massive establishing shot, do loads of them all over the place, and it feels cool. I'm like, oh, thank goodness, because otherwise it was starting to feel a bit cheap, this idea of what the school is. And I love these fucking phone booths that they've yeah. got in the middle. Oh my god, yes. Good grief. Like completely soundproofed as well. Yeah, so she's trying to ring the uh, her what do you call it? Agent. agent. Her dad's agent. Her dad's agent. agent. Yeah. But they're out of town for three days because it's Passover. Um, very agenty. Very Hollywood. <laughs> Especially because his name is Morris. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay. He's Jewish. <laughs> yep. And all the girls have been bitchy about her. Oh Sophie's the only one who's nice to her. Bunch I of love bitches. it. They're like, with- you're a show off. What? She's sleepwalking. <laughs> How is she showing off? Half of these girls I mean, have never fair. even met her. Like they, She just right? got there the night before. So calm down mm. with your attitudes. Kids. I know. She did fall off the building and then get hung by her dressing gown. I mean, if anyone had seen it. That's yeah. pretty showy. Right. <laughs> That's like, but, but nobody, nobody saw it. Saw it. <laughs> She's like, you don't even know about the chimpanzees. So shut your face. <laughs> but then we then we get one scene in the class and we get the greatest character in, in the film. Oh my God, yes. The chimp, which is the one single Asian girl yeah, wearing was a BG so confused. <laughs> I all like, I want hey. is that BG shirt. That's all I want. I want that BG shirt so bad. It looks like she won a competition. I think she it's made so it. <laughs> yes. It's so fucking weird. But I love it. I love these weird stuff. And uh, Jennifer is then asking Sophie during class, to, like, keep an eye on me tonight. Make sure you lock the door. Please promise. And then she helps Sophie out of a bind because she's not listening and she helps her cheat in her class, basically. Yeah. So Through like, the oh, past. You're all right. You're all right, Jennifer yep. Bug Lady. I'll help you out. <laughs> and, and by uh, that, and I mean, really into- I will desert you in your time of need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The girls are really into Richard Gere. Yeah, in they are. Yeah. <laughs> One of them has a poster of him on their wall, I noticed. I think Sophie oh. does. I can't remember. That's great. Or maybe, so no, good. it was in the initiation. One of them has a Richard oh. Gere poster. Oh, on really? Their, yeah. 
So he was all he was all the thing. I mean, this is way before Pretty Woman. This will be Officer and a Gentleman time. Oh man, yeah. my mom that'll do it. Would just watch and watch and watch yep. Officer and a Gentleman with like wine coolers. Yeah, that was as soon as my yes. dad left. She's like, "You guys want to watch a movie?" We're like, "You mean the movie that you want to watch?" <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, it's night time. Sophie opens the window, sees some boys signaling with a flashlight, so she takes her top off. Luckily, right? the camera puts on this amazing, which I write down. This is probably Katie's favorite thing in this film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Puts, that puts on Jennifer's jacket, which is this black jacket with a huge golden eagle. Yeah, I was pissed. I was like, "You take her coat while you're abandoning her." It's like I would be so mad. This is why I don't. I can't have roommates. Take on my shit. <laughs> don't ask. It's, I mean, it's crazy cool. <laughs> it's yeah, really cool. Yeah, she bails on Jennifer, but she does at least lock the door. And meanwhile, the news of the day is talking about Gisela, who I guess is another girl who's missing. I don't know. They're just letting us, reminding us, killer's still doing stuff. Don't worry. Right. The killer's still there. She goes out to meet this boy, who I guess is sort of a man, I don't know, borderline. Yeah. And he says he's got to go join his regiment at dawn. This is very Sound of Music right now, by the way. Yeah. You but are 16 don't... going on 17. It's like But weird. then they don't have sex. I was like, what the fuck, dude, is about to join his regiment at dawn? So he was like, nah. I'm not going to sleep with you tonight. Especially when this hot gonna... French chick is like, no, stay longer. Right, a hundred percent. No, no, I need to get so much rest because I am going to go to war tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, he's just going to train. Yeah. yeah, this is actually mandatory for Swiss at this age. You have to go and do. I think it's fucking. I think it's like a year or something. Yeah, that's a long time without train. women. Yeah, it is. I know. She calls him a shit, and then decides. As she turns strong. real fast. Yeah, she <laughs> does. Very French. Yeah. yeah, pervasive wind in the scene is really cool. Really atmospheric. She gets chased, mm-hmm. and then meanwhile, Jennifer has another sleepwalking music video, but this yeah, time manages to wake herself up, realizes Sophie's gone, hears the scream yep. as she's been killed, and then Jennifer heads outside to the rock opera. Yes! If I'm ever being chased by a murderer, I do not want Jennifer coming to get me because <laughs> yeah. she walks slow as shit. She is no, she no sense of urgency when hearing this her friend Use, screaming. I- this scene, I was like, "Is this? Has it been thirty minutes? What is happening? What is going on?" <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is quite a famous scene because yeah, it, she just walks slowly outside, meets right. a firefly. Oh my god! Oh my god! Firefly <laughs> leads her to a firefly, <laughs> which is caught right. in brambles. She heads inside. Then there's a scream, and then she's going to take a pram up to Donald Pleasant, and we're going to like we're going to get the story of what happened in here afterwards, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we just yes, see it here? It's so weird. It's actually quite a Japanese trope as you do this a lot. You like show to react, you get to the meat of the scene after the scene's happened, which is really weird storytelling, but hey, different cultures. Yep. But yeah, it's very slow, but the whole time you have this insane rock opera yes. just going at yeah. full well, blast. But here's the thing that drove me insane. The wind is going crazy throughout the whole like running chase scene with the French girl, right? And then as soon as Jennifer Connelly comes out, all of a sudden, there's no fucking wind. It's tepid. It's beautiful. She's having a slow, luxurious walk, meeting a firefly, and just slowly, calmly walking to find there's no wind. Everything is, is dulcet tones <laughs> until she finds this glove. Then she just goes back inside. And shit hits the fan again. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? It's a weird scene. It's so weird. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people hate this scene. For me, this scene kind of sums up the movie. Yeah, I agreed. 
we got the rock opera, we got the firefly, we got yeah, Jennifer Connolly just looking beautiful, walking around. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's pretty much it. Yep. And then we get a yeah, in, in the hat suit, <sighs> taking the tram up to so Pleasant. good girl. Yeah, rock it. It doesn't matter what shit's going on. She's always got time. Oh yeah, to look good. Outfit. Mm-hmm. Writes a letter to her father saying that the police came. And as she touched the glove, there were maggots on it. And she saw basically what the maggots saw. She saw like through their eyes. I feel like the police might want to keep that glove. Right. <laughs> yeah. But apparently they let her take it and she went to Donald Pleasance with it. And when she's there, all the insects are going crazy. We get one sentence that she replies to him in Italian, which is left over from whatever version. Right. <laughs> yeah. And as she tells him, he says, look, don't worry, you can trust me. I'm crazy bug man. Right, you famous last crazy words. bug girl. So she tells him about a firefly and a letter to the glove. While Inga's just fucking chilling. Yeah. She's just like sitting back. So like, yeah, what up? My butt is huge. <laughs> she got uh, a big butt. So big. So big. <laughs> yeah. Don't look directly at it. There's a story about the the most famous thing about this movie is actually it's connected to that butt, but we'll get to that later. She tells him about the firefly and uh, so as she's telling him about the firefly, the insects start to calm down. And he's like, oh, did you notice that as you talked about this, they all became calm and some insects communicate via telepathy. So maybe you communicate via telepathy with them. Yeah. She's, she's like, do you think I'm normal? No. Hard cut. No. Hard cut. <laughs> no, you're not. I do love how teenage girls apparently tease each other, though, because they go, oh, hey, hey, Jennifer, Jennifer. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's what I was like, never in my life. <laughs> I was like, girl, you look like you did your bangs with a waffle iron. You should not right? be throwing shade at Jennifer Connolly. Shut your oh fucking God. face. It's crazy. You stick their tongue out at her, and then they all laugh like, oh, that was brilliant. Good oh, one. So good. I know. That was <laughs> Um, yeah, so she overhears the headmistress telling all the other girls that she basically wants one of the kids now to be assigned to stay with her as a spy, but none of the kids want to because she's all weird. Oh, weird. Um, and then they start reading a letter that she wrote to her dad about how she can communicate to insects and she does have a second personality and that's what it is. So they all start teasing her by buzzing and then saying, we worship you, we worship, we worship you. The bugs. She's the queen bee. So what does she oh. do? She calls the goblin king and he takes them all away. <laughs> you remind me of the power. Right. You paid with the power. She calls a fucking swarm of flies. Oh my God. Using like X Men powers to engulf the entire school, and everyone shuts the fuck up right quick. Right. But also, inexplicably, there's no window open because it's very clear that the flies can't get in, right? They're all up on the window. But inexplicably, Jennifer Connelly's hair is blowing in the most gorgeous wind <laughs> as though she were Beyonce. The fuck? Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah. Again, this is, this is Dario Gento's world, man. Like, he will do whatever is right for the image and getting you into the mood. He will not care if it's practical or not. Does not Ugh. give a shit. I just feel like you can call something more malevolent than flies. Like, if you have control over all flying insects, it's like, get something people might actually be scared of. Well, she seems to have, like, a connection with the fly species. In particular. In particular. You never see anything with spiders or mosquitoes. Yeah, they can't afford that many spiders. Are you kidding me? They'd have to have a spider wrangler. Ugh. Well, they had a fly wrangler, and well, they did. Ooh, yeah. it was put to use later. But this is the first time we're going to get two shots. There's one later of the moon. This one's of the school. When you get that wide outside and you see the swarm of flies, they did it by dumping uh, like tea leaves into water and then oh. sort of superimposing. Oh, interesting. They did it. 
So they call an ambulance to like take her to the mental clinic. Right. <laughs> She's <here>. diabolical. <laughs> She's calling flies. Well, right, because after all the fly stuff, she just inexplicably collapses. You got to end the scene. Used right. all her powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she overhears them saying she's not normal, she's diabolic, and the headmistress basically thinks she's got the devil in her because she remembers something from the Bible about yeah. flies. That Beelzebub's yeah. is that the Lord, of, Lord the flies. of Flies, which I was like, I don't think that's true. No, but none I'm, of us are going to check. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I can believe there's a sentence in there somewhere. There's a lot of shit in that. You book. know, but she says that it's a straight translation of the word Beelzebub, which is not true. Oh, really? Yeah. I can believe that. I'm not going to doubt Dario Gento. No one's calling the devil the king of fly or lord of the flies. Like no one's scared to go spend eternity with lord of the flies. I mean, they might have been a long time ago. <laughs> Not nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, in theology sources, predominantly Christian, Beelzebub is sometimes another name for the devil, similar to Satan. He is known in demonology as one of the seven princes of hell. The dictionary Infernal describes Beelzebub as a being capable of flying, known as the Lord of the Flyers or the Lord of the Flies. Interesting. Yeah, misappropriation of the word. Mm. It is. She did also mention ancient Greece at one point in that yep. diatribe. So. Yep. Yep. So anyway. she's all over the place. Oh, my, probably my second favorite thing is in this in this scene as well, where the nurse is there to look after her. Oh, my God. Her. She starts knitting and then immediately bores herself by her own knitting so right. quickly that she falls asleep. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, into a very deep sleep, too. But. Like, passed out. two seconds. Yeah. It's yes. ridiculous. Well, asleep then to which nothing could wake her. And then the scene also goes on for 30 fucking minutes. <laughs> but, important, do you notice the cuckoo clock? Yeah. Yeah. What about it? It's the same cuckoo clock we see in the house at the very beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. That's whenever I was like, ah, got it. What do you what, mean? What do you got? Who no. the killer was. But they're at a... But like, they're at a hospital. No, I in thought they're at, they're at the school and they're waiting for the people from the sanitarium to come pick her up, I thought. Oh. No, they call them... Am oh, it's yeah. just a political thing. Yeah. So they're at the school. Yeah, because the headmistress oh. is the one who puts the nurse there and it's like, exactly. don't leave. We called the no, ambulance. I presume they were there That's because true. of the nurse. I didn't notice yes. that. I did. Good job, Shannon. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also Switzerland. There are cuckoo Thank clocks yeah. everywhere. Well, yes, but it was, I felt intentional. <laughs> Shannon, as the only one of three of us who knits, have yeah. you ever bored yourself by your own knittings? <laughs> yes, 100% I have. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what would be more like, fun I'm than tired. knitting? This Taking is dumb. a nap. Yeah, 100% that has happened. But I love this long scene as Jennifer gradually getting out because normally it's just like she gets out. That'd be it. Yeah. Done. I hate like, in, in films and stuff where they just rip out their IVs because it's like fucking painful and that's a needle mm -hmm. inside yeah. of your vein. And this is, I think, the only film I've ever seen where someone actually takes the time to take the tape off and to pull it out gently. And it shows blood. Exactly. And they it's, never and it show blood. Painful. Yeah. Feels painful, which I really like about it. I like this shot as a nurse's needle falls and impales itself in blood. Right, yeah, so fucking great. Like, yeah, she like has to stop the cuckoo clock. There's just so many things here. It's like, yeah, this is like this is long, but oh, I don't know, man. It's got character and it's mm -hmm. just interesting. I did just realize though when I was watching the movie, I was like, fuck. Basically halfway through this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I wow. did the exact same thing. This is the point where I was like, hey, let me just pause this and see how. Far. And then I turned to James. I was like, we're halfway through. Fuck. See, I was like along James, for James this fucking weird A hundred percent. That's exactly what was happening. James was playing a game. He did not notice. I was like, uh, I just hear him so go. Just tell me when the boobs are coming. Sorry, lady. 
<laughs> I was like, Willy Wonka made a movie and I'm enjoying this ride. I was like, I'm totally yep. on board for this. Oh, I was not. Yeah, I was like, I'm enjoying this movie, but I'm also only halfway through. So yeah, could do it again a little quicker. So she uh, escapes, heads over to see her girlfriend, Donald. Inga's just fucking pushing him around in his wheelchair. Yes. <laughs> and then he introduces her. I mean, I'm taking it all back. This is the best bit in the movie. He introduces her to a fly that can pick up death from a long oh, ways yeah, away. Right. Came from a lot, wanted the lava in the glove that she left. And he says, if we need to find this killer, we have to call on the services of the two greatest detectives <laughs> ever known. <laughs> it's so And she's ridiculous. like, but who? You and this fly. <laughs> That's for goddamn ridiculous. This is the buddy cop film I want to see. It's amazing. Oh my it's God. It's so good. Here's my problem with this film. When people talk about this film, they talk about it as, well, it's a Giallo-like detective thing, but where the detectives are a young girl and her fly. I'm in for that movie. We don't really get that movie. Yeah. We get that movie for about 15 minutes. Yep. And, and then, the, I, yes, no we need surprise, to arrive here the quicker. The fly will fly away. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. But we need to arrive here quicker. And then I want that to be it. I want that to be the rest of the movie. It's like, cool, she's on the case. Yep. Go. Fly girl. Do it. Yeah, but it's also like, here, 14-year-old girl, go find this murderer Dress. that is yeah, hunting murdering girls exactly girls. like you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they call him a vicious girl killer in the very beginning. And then it's like, oh, here, girl, find the girl killer. <laughs> And isn't she at I'm, this point care. all I'm dressed in, in white? Is this her yes, all white? She is. Yeah. This so is she's like the moment. purest little beautiful thing. And you're like, hold this fly box and go find the, the serial killer. Yes. Yep. yep. 100%. It. Love it. But she doesn't know where to go. So he says, how? Wait, we know the first girl is going on this bus. It's got a 52 kilometer route. So do that. Yep. And we're doing it for Rita and Sophie because they've got two is personal for both of them. Mm -hmm. So we get this cool scene of her just on the bus with this fly in a box. Amazing. Who <laughs> she just checks in on every now and then. Are you going insane right. yet? Nope. Yeah. You're just no. you're just rubbing no. your legs. Okay. okay. Which if she was really king of the flies, queen of the flies, whatever, like she wouldn't yeah. need it in a box. I know. It would just stay. Right. It'd just be like on her shoulder. <laughs> I feel there's a movie somewhere I watched with a fly on a little bit of string that drag that someone leads someone around. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, this woman asked her to close the window, but she refuses in Italian. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because I guess that's a leftover for some other version. She re she yeah, responds like, very harshly, though. Like, if somebody's yeah, like, hey, does. can you please close the window? You're not like, no! No! <laughs> she, like, yep. freaks out. Yeah, she's full Absolutely of teenage not. angst. Can't you see my fly? I know. I have to wait for my fly to tell me when to leave to go get the serial killer. Right? And he has to have the window open. He likes the air. The fly goes crazy as we near the opening shot of the movie. She gets off. And I love that as soon as she's off, yeah, you can just see this woman heading to the back of the bus. Like, now I'll shut your fucking window, yeah, I bitch. I love that. She's looking out at her too like, I want it down. Right. So it's great. so good. Good for you. That's one of my favorite parts. It's so funny. <laughs> she heads to the house. There's a BMW watching her. And for some reason, we zoom into its exhaust pipe, which I don't know why that's important. I didn't, I didn't get that. No. She finds the chains in the dusty old house ripped from the walls. It's clearly now been abandoned. We get a really cool shot as we steady camp through the house following the fly itself. Mm -hmm. Which, again, you can't CGI this back then. So I'm like, this is how the fuck did they do this? Yeah. It looks so cool. 
But for some reason, Jennifer wants some scrolls that are on the top shelf of the room. I know. Yep. <laughs> don't know why. I was like, know. let me find these building plans. I, what is this? I kept I waiting the for like the fly to go and like push it down for her or something. Well, and then she yeah, finally does one. get one down. And instead of using that one to knock the other ones down, right. she puts that one on the floor and then keeps jumping. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you're not the smartest. Not the smartest. But the yeah. whole point is for her to fall and make a hole in the floor. Yep. Yep. Exactly. She then gets grabbed by a guy who turns out to be the sort of the estate agent caretaker or whatever. Also super yeah. creepy. Yeah, yes, super like, creepy. All the yeah. dudes in this film are like really rapey besides Donald Pleasance. Right? Yeah. I mean, there aren't that many dudes, to be fair. Yeah, but this guy is um, like really aggressively throwing her around and i was like is he gonna, yeah. is he gonna try something He's like oh i found you yeah <laughs> you're mine now he tells her no one's lived there since the former tenants moved out months ago she runs and the fly then goes down in the hole she made and finds a seventh hand in the <gasps> dun 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 they clearly didn't they didn't clean up properly when they left this place nope the bmw is not this guy though the bmw is the detective and he comes to talk to the guy who scared her they exchange pleasantries and then I guess he gets the information of who the, the last peasant was, so he can then find where they moved to. Right. Then we're going to cut to Inga, who's just fucking hanging out in the dark, thinking about life, yep. I think. Presumably. There's a butterfly kite caught in she the tree. She wants her kite back. Her kite got caught in the tree. I fucking love this monkey. I man. love it. Yeah, the she's like that whole day. And she knows and that she she's trying it. to get the door to stay open. She knows that she has to leave it open. Oh, it's yep. heartbreaking. It's and then so an intruder like, oh, goes God. into this the house. Oh, God, this whole scene, I was, like, gonna cry. It's so heartbreaking. And she's so trying hard. to break in. She's like, I'm gonna save you, Donald. Don't she's worry. Like, there's somebody right. in the house. Don't go down. I know. Go. She's trying so hard to save her master. I know. I'm constantly thinking, like, clearly chimpanzees are very intelligent. But at what point, again, like, it can't know that fake head wasn't fake head or was a fake head at the beginning right mm-hmm. when they're like acting like surely you have to bond with donald pleasant when he's acting dead surely at some point she's thinking wait a second well right he, I mean, he's I don't not know, really, really acting dead a movie. when we see him dead yeah that's true that's Tell pretty bad the fake head was more believable than him alive yeah. dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fair. that's fair and this bit's weird because he's coming down in his yes yeah, stare whatever you call it the thing you put wheelchairs on to take off and down the ramp and he uses his little he has a little laser dot he's been using for Inga to tell her where to go and what to do and he shines it at the killer's face at the bottom of the stairs and you do see the face and I went back and watched that five times Mm. to try to pause it and stuff because I was like do you see because when I saw it I was like oh we 100% see it like my subconscious thoughts we see it and it's a man Mm -hmm. immediately so I was like did they trick us you know once I saw the end I was like went back like did they it's really weird I think they have like a fucking mannequin or something I think they used like something they painted because it doesn't look like an actual person. Well, it doesn't look like the person at the end either. Yeah, it looks Mm otherworldly. It's very strange. Particularly when they do the close-up of the eye, it definitely doesn't look real. Right. Hmm. It's very interesting. But anyway, she does get killed. Inga's all upset and then somehow teleports onto the roof of the killer's car. Yeah. I mean, all I'm doing throughout this entire scene, all my notes in this moment is like, for the love of all that is holy, please let this monkey live. Do not (laughs) kill this monkey or I am stopping this film. This whole scene, like, because it's like, it's literally, there's no need for it. The monkey achieves nothing. Sorry, the chimpanzee achieves nothing, gets thrown from the car. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. But they just have this fucking crazy scene. We need her her to be away from the house and to be lost, basically. Well, we've already proven that she can wander around it. Oh, yeah, I guess we need her to do around, some mm-hmm. other stuff. 
So we do get more metal as the police are taking away his body. I will say here it didn't fit for me. This is the scene where I was like, this feels a weird place to have the metal. Yeah. <laughs> but but I still loved it. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you did. I did. Give me that metal. I'm here for it. And then we're in this weird little scene where the detective goes to a mental institute, which looks really depressing, by the way. Yeah. Whew, those rooms are small. I don't really get the point of the scene. Do I don't it? either. I thought the room that they were in was the elevator because they walk out no. of it. No, they're looking into something and then they start talking about people breaking in. Well, I don't know, no, because so he small. says no you one's can... ever broken out of here because I think but they're on an elevator going down to the yes. very bottom. So that room that you're in is like a padded elevator. You can only fit two people in there. I know. Yeah. Well, they're definitely going down because he says the lower down you go, the The, more insane. Because he, again, compares it to the rings of hell. In the sanitarium. Yeah. 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 But I just don't get this whole thing about someone breaking into the place and then there's a guy with like scars on his face. I didn't get this either. No, this is connected. Yeah, I don't know either. I still don't know. I kind of forgot about this scene because I was like, that never happened or it never comes back. Yeah, I this, is, I, this is one of the points of movies. I was like, am I just in a fever dream? What is happening? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and this is, well, anyway, it's kind of more and kind of less fever yeah. dreamy than some of our gentles. Jennifer's on the phone. She's asking again, I got. I want to come home. She's in the town, in like, presumably in Zurich, because they're quite near Zurich. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure. mm-hmm. She's asking Morris to send her money. She says, I don't want to be murdered. While Inga's just hanging out in the forest, going through trash bins, finds a razor blade. It's like, oh, yeah, keep that. Yep. Come in useful for a stinger. Yes. Yeah, and then the money, like, there's a fucking weird scene where you're just like, what are we doing? Like, for yes. the world's greatest detective, this is not a thrilling scene. No. <laughs> She's just waiting for money to get transferred to the Swiss bank. Right. Well, she looks up at the teller, and the teller goes, nope, not nope, yet. And not she goes, yet. okay, I'll go back to sleep. Until eventually the chaperone lady turns up and says, hey, the attorney rang me and told me where you are. He said, don't worry, I could buy you a ticket back to America. I can give you some money. But the next flight's tomorrow. So then Jennifer just starts listing on her fingers the three things she's not doing, which are, I'm not going back to the house. I'm not going back to the house. And I'm not. Right. (laughs) No problem. I got a house. She does have a big old house. Yeah, she does. Which she's entering. It says, do you live here alone? No. No. I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The mirrors are all covered. Definitely out. Yep. So she has a small son who's very sick and he doesn't like to see his reflection. No offense. I'm out. Probably out. Yep. Sometimes she thinks her son is driving her crazy. I'm out. Oh. And then she follows it up with saying, these are things that can happen to a woman. Yes. That's what I was like. The fuck? What? <laughs> what do I have to live for? <laughs> you can have a son who drives you crazy. Right. I and guess. A full of mirrors that I cover up. She's like, you won't see him. She's like, no, I don't mind seeing him. She's like, no, no, he stays in his room with his crazy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fair, Jennifer looks alarmed, but she's just so placid in this movie. So yeah, like, she just is. goes along with everything other than the two dudes in the car. <laughs> Thank God. And then she just tells Jennifer, you have a fever. She's like, no, I don't. She's like, yes, you do. <laughs> right? Don't want to be sick for tomorrow. <laughs> Here, take these pills. It goes from, I mean, I'll be honest, when she comes to pick her up, I'm kind of, I'm fine with it. This film's weird, whatever. It makes kind of sense. As soon as this stuff starts going, you're just like, this is, no, just get yeah, out. This yeah, lady yeah. crazy, girl. Run away. You run, run away, bitch. Run away. You need to run. And then Jennifer's crazy because she gives her these two pills. Jennifer clearly doesn't trust her. She's like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm not taking your pills. I'm not taking your pills. Replies in Italian for some reason in the middle of a shot, not even cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the middle of a shot. I don't know what's going on. And then she goes in the bathroom. You're like, okay, cool. 
She's obviously not going to take the pills. She takes she the, takes fucking, the pill. fucking pill. I know. I was like, did she somehow convince you that you do have a fever? Because right? no, you're fine. I was like, just flush them. Oh, Jennifer. And she takes the pills and then what's worse is she like, then she finds maggots in the soap, in the hand towel, in the bathtub. I know, but I was also Get, like, she's got the can maggots exist on soap? I felt, Isn't that the whole point of soap? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, these I think are, they would die, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway. Anyway, and then she starts getting cramps and realizes, oh, I shouldn't have taken the pill. <laughs> Poison. Poison. So she throws it up and she does great throwing up. Like, this yeah, is she does. After she th- swallows that water, she's legit throwing that thing up. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. That really is her it's water. great. Yeah. And I love that she does it. She's like, yeah, I'll take more water so I can throw it up properly. Yeah. Right. But yeah, guess what? The woman's listening. <laughs> I know. Not only listening, she is trying to ram that door down yeah. at this point. Let me in. Well, how dare you not let me in the bathroom when you're throwing up? Right? Well, and then you don't let her in. You get out a window. You do what yes. we got to do. Like, obviously, yeah. this is a terrible situation. Open she door. opens the door. Pushes the woman down and then goes to use the phone with her back turned to the woman. Uh, girl. So we get a little bit in Italian again for some reason. And then it happens again. Yeah. <laughs> she turns her back twice mm-hmm. to the woman while on the phone. It's yes. ridiculous. You just fucking get the hell out. Yeah. yeah. 100%. This is the section of the movie where I start having the most problems. It really is yeah. like this stuff. It's like, I, I'm just like, I don't believe what you're telling me. Yeah. The detective then shows up. And so the woman just knocks Jennifer Connelly out. Yep. And then she flips this button and she's got fucking huge metal shutters. Just I know. Yes. But so I was like, and now the house is a fortress? The fuck? And like the cop outside doesn't notice? Yeah. So weird. I mean, it's genuinely a little creepy. Like some of this is genuinely like, all right, this is a little nightmarish. Yeah. This idea. Again, I do think setting it in Switzerland did work because I do think of it as more everyone's everything's quaint and nice. Mm-hmm. And this is like, ooh. And then he, yeah, so like she meets a detective. He tells her, don't you remember 15 years ago you were assaulted? Uh, so I, I presume this is some of the info we got from that place. Yeah. I know, like. Well, it's, it's supposed to be from the sanitarium, right? She used to work there. She was assaulted. And presumably yeah. that assault has led to a child. Right, oh, right, so right. The so person who broke into 15. the sanitarium is how she got a kid. I guess so. I, I think just so. Oh. Kind but, of a Freddy situation. Yeah. Yeah, and she's got this huge scar on her chest, which he then just tries to feel. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, bro, calm yourself. Yeah, and she said she moved to this house eight months ago. <gasps> in eight months, she got Jenna. all those shutters put in. That's impressive. Yeah, she did. In eight months, she made it a fortress. Well, hey, and that I and mean, her son is older than eight months, so why do you own all the mirrors if your son doesn't like mirrors just so you can put them up and then cover That's them a good up. Point. Just don't yeah, have like, Just don't yeah. fucking have mirrors. Just don't have mirrors. Get <laughs> art or something. Yeah, you know what's easier than covering a mirror? Not having Buy some Picasso's and make your kid feel better about himself. Come on. <laughs> anyway, Jennifer wakes up. She hears a detective screaming. She's surrounded by maggots again. Heavy oh, metal no. kicks in. Yes! Mama! This is where it gets good. Maybe not for Shannon. I don't know. But oh, for me, it gets oh. good. She get this scene where she has the phone and then she drops it down this fucking hole. Yeah. And it's really cool. Well, she's like fishing for the phone originally, but it falls into the basement. So she goes hiding down there. Meanwhile, at the airport, her whatever he's called. Agent Morris. Agent, agent is turning up. Yeah. I don't have written down the line. It's at this point at the airport where something said. I'll go back to it some other time. Just double check what confused me. But I really love this scene where she's following the phone wire down this tunnel. Like it's very just... It's, yeah. it's both grimy and arty at the same time. 
she finally decides to take off her fashion tie that she's been wearing. Yes. <laughs> I thought she was just going to loosen it. Like, oh, this is hard. So, you <laughs> right. know, like, guys, nope, after a hard day, tie. I thought she was just going to loosen it. I was like, oh, my God. And the phone rings and it is her father's agent and she picks up in the tunnel and then is grabbed by these bloody hands and it's fucking cool. I don't know, man. There's something about these tunnels under houses. It's like, this is pretty horrible. Uh, But it's the inspector who grabs her and she falls back into the most, I've seen a lot, the most filthy fucking vat of dead bodies. Oh God, it's so gross. It's so gross. It's, I mean, this is a horror trope. Like I've seen it happen a lot. It's going in her mouth. It's this is so insane. gross. Oh god, this is insanely oh nasty. It's so gross. It's <laughs> it's it's so gross. Like, and, it's and what's gross. so cool about it is that we haven't had anything that really felt that nasty. Oh, it's so bad. And then suddenly, Everything. and just like this feels oh. horrible. And she's all so in her gross. white outfit. Oh. Father's been to the school. He's now driving to this address because they've obviously said, "Well, she's with the nurse, and this is well, not the nurse, whatever, whatever she is, to the school. Like this is where she is." The inspector, then, like, so the woman comes in who's done all this stuff, and is just laughing at her. And the inspector's tied and beaten to a wall. Yeah, he can't get out of the chain, so he breaks his fucking hand, and we see it. And honestly, like, when she falls in that vat, and again, I don't exclaim stuff. I'm like, oh. Fuck. And yeah. I heard on some of the podcasts that reminded me how nasty this was. When he's then breaking his hand, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, yeah. it is full on. I found that worse. Because throughout the whole film, we're oh. like with maggots and maggots and all that sort of stuff. And I can objectively go, okay, there's just oatmeal in that pool. Like, she's fine. Right? right. <laughs> but then he's the breaking of the fucking hand. I lost my shit. It's just a horrible, like, this room Ugh. just feels Ugh. like how these rooms Well, and then you have this lady laughing constantly yes. as well, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah. So gross. And, and then he starts, like, beating her. Unfortunately, they don't do this as brutal. Like, the beating is clearly him faking hitting her, and right. he never put in the sounds right. for a good sort of thunk. thunk. Yeah, and then Jennifer's father's agent turns up, who's apparently, well, no, sorry, he's on his way. He's got a gun. Yeah. With him. Which, the gun reveal. fly with back then. <laughs> Yeah, and she runs out of the vat room and starts hearing a kid crying. And there's this, like, corridor of fucking stone rooms. Which, like, what's in these other rooms? I know. Right? <laughs> so she goes to check. And it's the sun. And she's all like, don't worry. Everything's fine. Turns around. Very disfigured. Yeah. With maggots all over Ugh, his face. All over. This is a real condition that they looked up. That <gasps> really? This yeah, yeah. What is Not it? Not maggots. Oh, it's like, what? I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, so it was, it's pretty terrifying. It looks fake. But it is still quite shocking. They just stick on it a bit too long. Ugh. She's then not happy about this. But what the problem is, is like they go from it crying just like a, you know, like a, an empathetic character and then turns around and it could still be empathetic. Just sure. Just figure that's not his fault. But Plus, he, think uh, about what she smells hissing. like at this point. Yeah. She probably smells well, terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, but that's also the thing is like she comes into this room like calm, cool, collected, just like dulcet tones mm-hmm. playing. I was just in a pool again. of maggots and human and remains. Body but, like parts. it's cool. You would be dude. shaking your mom for the rest just got her face pummeled in. By the way, percent. But then somehow she's still inexplicably gorgeous and just like so chill. Yeah, so chill. <laughs> and then he just turns around. And he just goes. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I know. Buddy, do yourself some so, favors. Like, you obviously don't look that great. So maybe be nice to people. You yeah. know? <laughs> so she fucking 
fails as fast as you can. It just emerges next to a lake somehow. Right. Who knows how. There's a speedboat just sitting there. The opera begins again. Yes, she, the opera. She's getting on it. The little kids, I don't know why she decides to take a speedboat instead of just going anywhere else. Right. Uh, but a little kid jumps on. Turns with, in at with Jason Voorhees. Yeah, he does. And this this was played by an adult who's, uh, uh, who whatever the correct, I don't know the correct, what do you mean? What's the word? A little person? A little person. Okay. Yeah. Who's dressed up as this kid who does a fucking kick-ass job. Yeah, he does. With his so pokey. Pulse. Yeah, Pulse. punctures the gas. And then, because she's upset, a good old swarm of flies. Yep. Turn up. Oh. Now, Ugh. guys, not the shot in the moon. We explained how they did that stuff. This shot with him, it starts, the flies swarm all over him. They eat him. They take out, like, he starts peeling off his face to it. Obviously, the face and the makeup stuff aren't real, but this oh. is all real. They couldn't do this stuff better. Now you do this with CGI. Uh. What they had to do was get millions of larvae, uh. and they had to let them, like, they had to do a specific thing to, like, heat them or something so that they would gestate. They had to have the actor ready any time. So whenever they're shooting, as soon as these larvae started to hatch, they had to, like, basically rush them to set with makeup on. Can you imagine and if that was your call him. to set? The larvae are yeah, hatching. They, <laughs> <laughs> they covered him in, like, I think it's glucose. Oh, yeah, sugar, And then sugar, just let probably. the flies fucking go at it. Oh. And oh. it is quite something. That is gross. I mean, it's not just gross. That's also, like, ugh. It's just, I mean, like, we'll potentially get, we'll, dangerous to that actor. We'll get to, uh, in uh, another season later in the year, we'll get to Candyman, where actual bees are coming out of someone's mouth. But <laughs> Maybe I don't um, want to be for Candyman. <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, this is the thing. This is why you couldn't do it any other way, you know. And it looks like it's real because it is, and that's you know impressive. Yeah, she just sits for a moment after this has happened. She always has this moment of boat. tranquility after a crazy fucking shit goes down. Yeah, she'll she just does. be like, <laughs> like. But that's Dara's world. Dara's world is everything's a bit of a dream. That's insane. You know? mm-hmm. Well, she's asleep the whole time. Potential. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, she starts a speedboat. It sets on fire. She's like, fuck this. Jumps in the water. She obviously doesn't uh, know some... how gasoline and electricity right. work. But then the water catches explicably on yep. huge amounts of fire. It's yep. like this little gas can. And all of a sudden, it's like this entire lake is up in fire. It's a blaze. <laughs> Look how beautiful it looks, Shannon. Looks so nice. <laughs> uh-huh. And then she's like a little mermaid in her point. white outfit swimming underwater. Right. Great underwater photography. Yeah. She gets right? into a little scuffle with the kid. The music sounds muted underwater as well, which I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but it's pretty cool. It's cool. And then the kid surfaces with her, surfaces into the fire and gets burnt. So then she swims to shore, really beautiful wide as she emerges. Yes. Like, and again, really it's just a mermaid coming out she of the water. She looks stunning. So mm-hmm. beautiful. Just like nothing happened. It was just like a, a cool, cool evening by the lake. There's beautiful moonlight. <laughs> The bugs. And... There's like a firefly at one moment that I'm like, oh, is this firefly going to lead her somewhere? No, no. Well, I just, just wants to have sex with her. Just being friends. Just turned on by her. Uh, yeah. Her father's agent turns up oh, out God. of fucking nowhere of... gets his head chopped off. Yep. Anytime, though, that you see the person who's about to save you and they run toward you, I was like, right. you're about to die. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. don't run. Just I, I look literally... at your surroundings. I was like, ah! I did not see that coming. <laughs> and I love it because it's the woman, but it's not an axe. It's a fucking sheet of metal. Yeah, metal. it is. Oh, so good. So then she starts like, yeah, wailing at Jennifer and saying, why don't you call your insects? Right. 
It's a valid question. Mm-hmm. But it's all very twist. like Friday the 13th part two. Or no, part one. But it's fucking Ignis who got her out of Yeah. Oh, chimpanzee friend saves the Inga day. to the fucking rescue. Fucking yes. crazy. And this looks nasty as hell. Well, Just hacking away at her face uh, with a switchblade. Well, except you can clearly see, like, they have the close-ups of the blade on her face. And it's clearly just, like, smearing the blood they've already put there, yeah. not actually cutting anything. <laughs> and she's going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Was it not bloody enough for you, Shannon? Okay. Oh, more no, no, I don't. I'm like, but it was just one of those moments where I was like, because you're choosing to do this close-up like this, you're kind of killing what you've already uh, done, yeah. you know? I mean, I think they're counting on, uh, you're absolutely right, but I think what they're counting on is is that it's, you know, she's already been beaten by this detective. Right. That, like, mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the thing. do we see him again? Did he die? No, we don't see him uh, again. No, we don't see him. Okay. After he's That'll abandoned by Jennifer in a pit after he saves her life by breaking his own hand. Right. Yep. Well, okay, so what, uh, here's the thing. I love the chimpanzee kills her and then looks at the blade and then throws it down in this very, like, what yes. have I done? Yes. <laughs> like, it's so much so pathos. Dramatic. It's wonderful. And then they basically hug it out for the end of the film. Now, this last shot is the most famous shot of the movie. And it's famous because... So they're shooting it. And the monkey, chim- sorry, the chimpanzee, doesn't like facing camera all the time. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, looking away. Has a big butt. <laughs> and chimpanzees' butts are very pronounced. Yeah. And you can see all the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you can. going on. And our agenda is like, this is the last shot of the movie. I don't want to see the chimpanzee's butt throughout <laughs> the last shot. So he basically tells Jennifer, like, can you just, like, just hold the chimpanzee, make sure it's facing this way. Just hold it down, make sure it's putting this way. There are a couple other things that happened during the shoot that, like, they're occasionally Ignis was getting agitated, you know, by stuff. So she like, I think it is actually maybe the last shot they did. It was one of the last shots, I think. But she holds it down, does what she can to get the shot. Chimpanzee, not happy, bites her finger <gasps> off. <gasps> the tip of, like the end of her finger bites it clean off. Holy shit. And Jennifer Connolly has to go to hospital with the finger and get it sewn back on. Oh my God. Oh shit. And this is like a big fact about Jennifer Connolly. A lot of people know the finger thing. They don't necessarily know which, where, what film it was from or whatever. Yeah, had crazy. a finger bitten off by the monkey. <gasps> but hey, she's fine. She did fine. Holy smoke. At least it was just a, a finger and not like her face. That's true. Could be well, worse. That's why now when what's this shot, it's like it's kind of got its back turned, but he just zooms in to her face. Right. My question <laughs> here is that her goal is to that. get back to the United States, correct? Right. Yes. How is she going to get this monkey through customs? Agent. Not going to happen. It's a different There's time. no way this yeah. monkey has a passport. I mean, it was the 80s. It's you know. going to the zoo. Inga's going to the zoo. Yeah, 100%. So, but like, I'm confused. So, throughout, you kept calling the mom the killer. The kid was not huh? the killer? I think the mom oh. was killing in yeah. order to feed the kid. Is that what it was? It's sketchy. It is sketchy. <laughs> I don't know. Because he I uses, in that know. last scene on the boat, he uses the same instrument, like that clicking Right, he uses the spear. spear. As yeah. he has throughout the film. So I was like, oh, okay. So it was the kid. But I'm so confused as to what the relation, like what the mom was doing. I just thought, because she has him tied up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's because, yeah. I, and again, then he and the definitely start, kills the first girl. Well, yeah. The murder start once he gets loose. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah, I don't even understand really. I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah. I don't understand why 14-year-old girls. 
I don't, Again, I don't, unless there's something very crucial in that little bit in the mental institute that I, I don't understand why like, sleepwalking is a part of it at all. <laughs> Dario likes it. Man. I mean, that definitely lends into his like the atmosphere that he wants to create. Right. Yeah. All right. Hi. Yeah, Jano, this is one of the mo- the most important films of his career. It really came out at Apex. It got like a proper release all worldwide. He still quotes it as maybe his favorite film. Actually, wow. Career. Like we said, in Japan, it became a huge deal. Her hairstyle and the clothes became fashionable, became a big success. There's even a Japanese game series called Clock Tower, which was inspired by the film. In the game, you play Jennifer Simpson, who looks just like Jennifer Connelly, who is trapped in a sprawling mansion estate with a psychotic, scissor-wielding, deformed boy. Yeah, and then when it came out, there's a whole bunch of versions of this movie. Loads and loads and loads and loads of them. Like you said, like he would like even interfere with certain bits and then different looks. But there are mainly three. The 116-minute cut, which we watched here, which is the Italian. The original version was 110, which is the international. And then when it came to America, it was released as Creepers. And this movie was 83 minutes long. They cut. Oh, shit. <laughs> they cut 33 minutes. From where? Out of this movie. I mean, from All over anywhere. The place. No, but like. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah. And if you think this com- you think this movie is confusing now, you try watching this movie the first time like most American and English people did with the Creepers cut, and it's a fucking crazy hot mess. I can't even because imagine. Because you remove this stuff, you're like, whoo, what is happening? Now, I haven't got to revisit that cut. I just ordered, there's a very special Arrow Blu-ray, which is now out of print, sadly, but where they include all three versions of the main versions on it. I'm going to rewatch it before our wrap up because I do want to like talk about it because it's been a long time. But that's the one. That's the first one I would have seen. This is 83 minutes, which 83 minutes sounds great to me. But yeah. confusing this story more sounds a bad idea to me. So depends when he did it. Some versions don't have all of the same songs. I think some of them don't have the motorhead. Like there's a lot to look into. Well, if it doesn't have motorhead, I don't want it. They still have the Iron Maiden, I believe. Oh, yeah. they fucking better. And in 2001... <laughs> Believe it or not, they were actually going to try and make a sequel to this movie. But it ended up being cancelled because Dario Argento's contract with Medusa was interfering and the scheduling was interfering and they couldn't do it. But yeah, I mean, that would have been a long time afterwards. Nearly nearly 20 yeah. years. Wow. Which if Jennifer Connelly had come back would have been amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. So guys, that's Phenomena. We did, <sighs> we did probably, it. Probably the most interesting film that we're going to cover in this series. Uh, how do we feel about it? Shannon, let's start with you. I mean, I feel like I've said it. I'm here for the metal and the monkey <laughs> and uh not much else i mean jennifer connelly for sure however she's so <laughs> placid throughout this whole film it's like inexplicable to me <laughs> i mean i found this movie so slow in moments that it was seemingly unbearable <laughs> like i just kept turning to james and being like when how are we only halfway through? Oh my God, there's still 30 minutes left. Like, it's not until things really start to like pick up at the end, which even then is tempered with, you know, moments of smooth tranquility. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so strange. Like, all the maggots and bug stuff and things like that didn't really bother me. It, like, it's gross. But even, like, her falling into that pool and whatever, it didn't really bother me. The breaking of the hand, oh, that one got me for sure. There are fun, inventive things that are happening, right? And I agree that the premise of a buddy cop film with this girl and a fly sounds like fun. Like, I just, I don't know what this film is supposed to be. I have no idea. 
Is it a slasher? Is it a detective story? Is it a weird fever dream? Is it just a big music video? <laughs> I mean, I'm here all for the, the music video. That's great. My favorite part about all of this was the Iron Maiden, the Motorhead, and the weird, like, ah, operatic <laughs> shit <laughs> happening. Because <laughs> that was just got the energy going. Otherwise, I felt like it was cricket. Like a meditation app. Unintended. <laughs> That's right. But yes, I love that chimpanzee so much. And I was I was very happy that he is vindicated at the end. That's probably like there are moments of this yeah, film I really arc. love. I love the woman on the bus. I love all the metal. I love the chimp. I love like some of the shots are objectively beautiful. I love Jennifer Connelly being beautiful in every moment of everything, right? But how it all comes together as a cohesive film, I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Where like so many times my notes in this are, did I just drop acid? What the fuck? <laughs> um, so that's my review is, did I just drop acid? What the fuck? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. Welcome to Darajento. Right. Uh, Katie. Uh, I don't know how to follow that. So all the things <laughs> that Shannon was listing about how slow she felt this film was, was how I felt about the initiation. And in this film, it was weird. Like I was not checking time and I and I watched this kind of late at night as well. So I was a little nervous that I it was going to be sleepy because I knew it was long. But from that very first scene, like that opening was just like, you're in this. And then, yeah, you have this glorious vision that is Jennifer Connelly comes in and it is such a weird mesh of things, but it's also done in this like crazy, beautiful, somehow flowing way that I I really love it. Like I love his shots. I love how he sets things up. There were definitely some of the acting that I don't love, but then I like kind of chalk that up to Europeans because... I don't know. I've met a lot of very intense Europeans, but the mom character, like when Jennifer Connelly does end up at her house, that was really the only scene that kind of bothered me because people were not reacting in an appropriate way. I like that juxtaposition of not knowing, yeah, that you're you're in it this dream like world where really strange things are happening. There's a chimpanzee, you have a detective friend that just happens to be a fly, but it's then balanced with this beautiful landscape that's all around it and it's just the ending wasn't my favorite because I don't like the whole idea that it's like oh it's always going to boil down to like a deformed aggressor who goes after this one specific type that just happens to be very helpless and lilting but like that also didn't knock it too far down for me and it was so weird but it's also such like a delightful like veering off from the usual slasher that it does enough right as it's going through that I am on board with it. And he obviously is giving due diligence to things. You can tell he did research about the insect stuff and the, is it etymology? Uh, entomology. entomology. And yeah, you know, I love Donald Pleasance with his bad Scottish accent. And it's just, I think that it all, it's, it's definitely a mess, but I think it's a beautiful mess. I dig it. Yeah. Like I said at the top, I struggled with Argento when I first came to me in my teenage years. Uh, I appreciated the art of it. I appreciate some of the dream sort of sequences and like how he makes everything feel like you're in a dream, a fever dream. 
Mm-hmm. But I always struggled. And I think I struggled because I was told, go to Giala. That's where Slashers came from. And they weren't giving me what I wanted from Slasher movies. Again, I wanted these comic book villains. I wanted the mask villains. I wanted it to be about those simple tropes that I got into through Friday and Halloween and all this stuff. And that's certainly not what these movies are. Again, this is on the fringe of that stuff. But, you know, even so. Now I'm old enough that I can come back to these and judge them as, you know, on their own level. And a lot of them I still don't like. A lot of them, the acting's bad. A lot of them are dubbed. And I really have problems with that, even when it's in their own language being dubbed. You know, it's ridiculous to me. But there is always artistry to it. And I always respect them, even if I don't enjoy them. This is one of the ones I genuinely enjoy. I really love Phenomena. And it's the reason why I was kind of excited to get to it. Because of everything you're both saying. Like, like it's... Yeah, I love the chimpanzee who has the only real arc in this movie. I love Donald Pleasant's. He's just a wonderful sort of center to everything, despite his weird accent. I like Jennifer Connelly is obviously just staggering in every scene and how she's portrayed and looks. Her acting, eh, it's fine. The rest of the people around her, not great. But it's all just so interesting and so passionate. And again, you can tell like this is a director who really loves what he's doing. Like he really, you can tell he read all those books and talked to all those people and then went crazy places with it. And sure. He didn't follow it all through in a normal narrative way that we might want, uh, but he doesn't give a shit. And I'm not going to argue that it wouldn't be a better film if he could do some of those things as well. But if I was given, yeah, last week, the initiation, someone who knows how to tie a story together, knows how to get the threads, knows how to place them and then make it all rounded out by the end. And then a film like this week where he doesn't know how to do that. But by God, (laughs) he really cares and is going to have fun exploring that stuff. I'm going to go for this every single time. Like this is an interesting magical strange movie that genuinely unsettles me in places and just carries me along along it i do think it could be a bit shorter so i'm excited to see creepers just to see what a fucking hot mess that's gonna be Mm -hmm. i do think it's a little long but um but i really 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 like this movie a lot and i think it's a very special strange film and i'm happy it exists and for anybody who is new to argento this is kind of a good place to get him through particularly because it's mostly in english Go after this to Suspiria and check that out and then go to Deep Red and stuff like that. Anyway, that is it. You can follow me on all the social medias and on Xbox and PlayStation and stuff. I'm Mr. Al White. What about you guys? I'm Shannon Hollander on Instagram and my fave Shannon on Twitter, but there's no point. To anything? <laughs> to anything. Just, all right, to good. all of it. Okay. Um, my Dearest Watson on Instagram where on either of these, feel free to send me all of your Argento fodder i want to read everything and then watson dearest on twitter send me nothing i don't want any of your argento (laughs) fodder i want none of it i don't care (laughs) what if it's about the monkey (laughs) i mean okay fine you can send me facts about the chimp send her things about (laughs) that i will accept yeah also, do subscribe and do Reddit us a weird because it does help us out. Next week, guys, we're going to be going back to the malls. Don't worry, Shannon. Yeah, oh, this European God. bullshit. Yeah, we can go America. back to America. Give me a mall. We have three episodes of this series that are set in, in malls, and malls this one in is the 80s. also in a mall. Yes. It's called Shopping Mall. Oh, God. And we've told you nothing about it. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one little thing about it. One little thing. Oh, God. It includes robots yes (laughs) until next friday we are out geeks Geeks.